Ramadan, 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 Across the street. <laughs> and by the way, I hate to break the news to you, Joel, but your team really blows, you know? I mean, see, I'm one of those guys when my team stinks to join out like the Patriots last night. I'll tell you, they were pathetic. It was an embarrassing loss. They can't beat Denver even in a fixed game. This is Just true. one of those things. Huh? I said, this is true. And the same with the Josh's team there. They uh, stunk to join out until hey, it was a hell of a game. game. They no, made a, a tremendous game. comeback. They took the lead, and then they blew it at the end, lost, uh, you know, on a field goal with, with two seconds left in the game. Uh, and then, of course, the quarterback. See, I wish his daddy, I wish Sims' daddy would get, like, uh, his spleen out so we don't have to listen to him. Oh, God. I think he was doing the uh, Bills-Jets game, wasn't he? Yes. Bop, 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 bop. And then it wasn't bad enough the Patriots think the joint out, but Madden has got diarrhea of the mouth now. My God. Just never shuts up. Bop, 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 bop. Man. So anyway, i got some ratings coming across already. Wow. So this kind of changes my whole plans now. Why didn't you do more to put Bin Laden and Al-Qaeda out of business when you were president? So you did Fox's bidding on this show. You did your nice little conservative hit job on me. What I want to know is... No, wait, wait, wait. I'm asking a question. You don't know that's a legitimate question? It was a perfectly legitimate question, but I want to know how many people in the Bush administration have asked this question of you. ever watch Fox News Sunday, sir? I don't believe you asked them that. We asked plenty of questions. You didn't ask that, did you? Tell the truth, Tell the truth. Did you ever ask that? There's plenty of stuff to ask. Did you ever ask that? You set this meeting up. Because you're going to get a lot of criticism from your viewers because Rupert Murdoch supporting my work on climate change. And you came here under false pretenses and said that you'd spend half the time talking about, you said you'd spend half the time talking about what we did out there to raise $7 billion plus in three days. So we have to wait 20 minutes. That has to be prefaced by Katie Couric does Licky Licky to Condoleezza, who seemed to be really enjoying it, too. And there's Condoleezza playing the piano, and she's sitting there with her three friends uh, who get together once a week to... Uh, Oh, God. Just pathetic. That's Dr. Rice to you, Neil. Dr. Rice. Anyway, here's the uh, trends from June, July, August. Hot 105 is the number one, baby, replacing Radio Amor. So maybe this isn't quite as uh, Julio uh, intensive as the other ones. Who knows? 
What about yeah. and then this is still this is still the crappy old schedule we had before we got that new morning sports show. So what the hell does it prove, right? Right. Let's see how our morning show at least twelve plus might be like a little indicator. Twelve plus. Do we have any number at all? Wins. That's uh, Air America one point two. Whatever happened to that bankruptcy filing that never happened? QAM one point two tied for twenty fourth. Oh my God! And Waxy one point one right on the humper's ass. Good thing we made that change. Too bad we took so damn long doing it. God, that was embarrassing. Middays twelve plus. This ought to be pretty de depressing. WYOD a three one. They stayed about the same. Three zero to a two six. We dropped like a rock. How do you like that? Mm -hmm. George, that's George. But I mean, uh, yeah, no. June, July, and August. I guarantee it'll still outdo the rest of the day, though. What did they have in the morning? One, two, and we had a what? 2.6. Boy, that's... But that's 12 plus. Who cares about 12 plus, right? Let's make that... Uh, <laughs> that's the whole audience. That includes, like, little punks and old, old farts like me, you know. Like me and Joel Feinberg. Anyway, I don't know why you, uh, you send me these 12 plus, but you always do that. Because I got them. Vice, uh, Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez accuses American counterpart George W. Bush overnight of ordering his assassination. But you always do that. Because I got him. Vice, uh, Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez accuses American counterpart George W. Bush overnight of ordering his assassination for calling the U.S. leader the devil during a speech at the U.N. See, it's okay if Bush is running around flapping his gums, calling people evil doers and actions of evil and all this other crap. That's fine. But when somebody else opens their mouth and tells it like it is, then uh, that's bad. The devil appears very sulfurous, and a few people say that he's given the order to kill me, Chavez said during a speech before scientists in western Venezuela. Many concerned friends have called me saying that because I said devil over there at the U.N., they've sentenced me to die. They will not kill me. I have much faith in life, Mr. Chavez added. And by the way, how about those falling gas prices just before the election? Just a coincidence. Of course. The leftist Venezuelan leader called Mr. Bush the devil, a liar, and a tyrant during a speech at the U.N. General Assembly on Wednesday, one day after the U.S. president spoke from the same podium. Mr. Chavez again showed a copy of Hegemony or Survival Overnight, a book by U.S. academic Noam Chomsky that he had first held up during his address at the U.N. Assembly. He said he had to wash the book with holy water because he had put it in the same place that the devil put his papers. <laughs> the devil put his papers in the same That's spot. Great. So he had to wash it off. And the book, too. Oh, no, there's no more uh, paper in there. See, you wouldn't uh -huh. have me prepared for this. One moment, please. What an idiot. Jesus. Okay, let's see. Afternoon. Do we want? To, do we even care about these? Uh, no, afternoon. No, no, no. I mean, we'll kill some good time. I don't think the audience cares about this. Here's the poll from uh, Friday. Who's your favorite columnist or commentator? By the way, do you know Molly Ivins has cancer? No, I did not. Oh, she just buried her good friend um, Ann Richards, and she also has cancer, but she's okay for now. Who's your favorite? Like uh, Riva, favorite columnist or commentator? Keith Olbermann kicked ass, baby. He just wiped the floor up with the competition. Five hundred and seven. We had sixteen hundred and fifty-nine votes. Don't have one. Two ninety. Maureen Dowd, 179. Michael Moore, 85. I hate this poll, 80. Molly Ivins, 54. Bill O'Reilly, 53. Oh. Doug Thompson, Capitol Hill Blue, that's 53. Al Franken, 51. Lou Dobbs, 44. Rush Limbaugh, 38. <laughs> Paul Krugman, 35. Greg Palaz, 33. Frank Rich, 33. Ariana Huffington, 29. Ann Calder had 18. Oh, boy, would we like to find them, too. Round them up. Tom Hartman, 16. How about that crowd at the Dolphin Game Man yesterday? They must have been mostly wearing, like, invisible raincoats. Yeah, about 16,000. Wow. Every, every, I didn't watch much of it, but every time I flipped over there, it was like, uh, oh, they must have all got out for a burger or something because there's nobody there. Thomas Friedman, 12. Katrina Vandenhoevel, 10. George Will, 8. Robert Novak, 6. <laughs> Robert Fisk, 6. Michael Medved, 6. That's disgusting. David Korn, 4. David Broder, 3. David Brooks, 3. Ed Naha, 
had two. Bill Press had only one. And John Nichols, out of almost 1,700 votes, had oh. none. So they don't read. I guess there's no point in us putting his articles on there from the nation because they don't read them. Or maybe they like him okay, just not as much as, say, like, you know, Ann Coulter, the credible people. Right. Let's see, 3 to 7 p.m., Radio Amor. Well, we must have had a really bad uh, August, you know what? And, of course, now we got the story. We can say, oh, well, that's when we, after that, that's when we got rid of that uh, format. We changed it all around. So just wait till next time. Of course, next time we'll be losing, dropping off that big June. So I'm thinking the summer book is going to be a disaster. But that, that's just what I'm thinking. You know me. A little mm-hmm. bit too honest for comfort. Look at that afternoon's uh, 2.2 for INZ. That's Scare America. And QAM a 1.3. Oh, my God. Well, that's because they got all the old farts. And Waxy a 1.1. So we just barely edged them out. But, again, nobody cares about persons 12 plus. I have no idea why they waste my fax paper. Got to cut down all these maple trees. Very depressing. By the way, I see the Panthers lost again last night. At least they're consistent. They haven't won an exhibition. Their only exhibition game, they haven't won one yet, though. It would be nice to win one, you know. It would be good, just to make it look good. Any interest? No. Wow. Marlins made a hell of a run. And by the way, Josh apologizes for giving me bad information and making me look bad on Friday when I try to tell him the schedule is wrong. The schedule that said they played at Philly on Friday and Saturday, then at Atlanta on Sunday, and Josh jumps right in there. Oh, no, it's, uh, that's right. The schedule's right. They know. No, guess what? Listen, I trusted the 2 a.m. schedule. It's yeah, my well, fault. You mean you haven't learned your lesson by now? Clarence wouldn't know a schedule if you shoved it up his, and it wouldn't be the first time either. Let's see, 7 to midnight. Do we care about that? No. No. And then who the hell did I hear going on about? Oh, it was Kenny Walker. Oh, poor Kenny. About how, you know, the Marlins are doing great with their numbers on radio and TV. No, they're not. They're, the, they're doing great with their numbers on radio. What numbers are you looking at, Kenny? It's one thing to suck around, man, but cut the crap. I had high hopes for him, too, but now I realize it's a sports show. By the way, uh, Bin Laden's dead. Castro's dead. Our morning show is dead. Other than that. But, boy, we got Mad Dog at 2. We got, we're back from uh, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., and we're going to kick some ass, right, in this next trend? Uh, when, yeah. when did we start? August 20th. Maybe that last month of the uh, summer book is going to goose us back up there again. Because when you look at 12-plus and we're tied for, like, 24th <laughs> overall, tied for 24th, do you have any idea how ba- how embarrassing that is? Or no. did I make a mistake on that? No, I did not. No, we're 23rd. Excuse me. We're 23rd. We beat out Air America by a full tenth of a point, 12-plus, 1.6 to a 1.5. Boy, how the mighty have fallen. Nice going, Joe. I'm telling you, one good thing about this crew, man, they don't they don't waste any time. They come right in there on a, like a house on fire, and they really started making moves and doing, you know, uh, no, they didn't. And they still haven't got a clue. That's the sad part. Here's our poll today. Again, it's not really all that sexy, I guess, you know. You're going to have to come up with some great poll ideas for us. The politician I trust the most is, and uh, Eric, I don't want to bust your balls, Eric, beginning of the week, but it's not supposed to say nope. It's supposed to say none, as in none of the above, and he writes nope. They're all crooks. And I didn't have the heart to call him on a Sunday and say, hey, you idiot, you slob. How come you put no? And I looked at the facts. I said, it's very clear. N-O-N-E, nana, none. Nope, they're all crooks, 296. Bill Clinton, 185, who had the balls to tell Chris Wallace where to stick it. Nice going, Bubba. Al Gore, 101. Russ Feingold, 74. Bob Graham, 48. Barack Obama, 27. You want Osama? Get Obama. I think Osama's dead. Or maybe not. Elliot Spitzer, 19. George W. Bush, 19. 2.2% out of the first 847 votes say George W. Bush is the politician they trust the most. That's pretty sad. John McCain, 17. Rudy Giuliani, 15. I hate this poll, only 12. Ted Kennedy, 12. John Kerry, 10. Nancy Pelosi, 7. Swillery, only 4. Hillary Clinton, wow. Bill Fist, 1. And Arlen Specter of the Magic Bullet Theory fame, he's got the big O. He's got 
None. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Morse Radio 560. Issue A. Rogers. Now, Inside Edition, George, the new movie, Death of a President. Have you seen it? I had not seen it. It's a fictitious movie about... Uh, I haven't seen the movie. About your death. Uh, Do you know what the word fictitious means? Not really. It means not real, because you're not dead. I know that. Yeah. Um, some people say that you're brain dead. I simply do not agree. What's your IQ? 300 billion. <laughs> really? What's your IQ? 13.5. Whoa! I don't have intelligence. That's a problem. Oh, we don't have a problem. Let's ignore it. Inside Edition. We'll be right back. Oh, you see that General Abizade hospitalized with food poisoning over the weekend. Well, he's been talking a little bit too much truth, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's just a coincidence, just like those dropping, rapidly dropping gas prices. Pretty soon, the rumor I'm hearing is the week before the election, they're going to like give you a dollar a gallon. Excellent. Instead of you paying, they're going to pay you a buck. Now, don't tell me there's more numbers coming over there. I can't imagine what it would be because I got them in 18 plus, which is very depressing and very bad. Yeah. What are you sending me now? Person 2554. Oh. Just for Well, that ain't going to be no story either. That ain't going to be no, no thing. Boy, oh boy. I'll tell you one thing. It's a good thing that the uh, new management we got didn't wait until the audience was just about gone and they had destroyed the whole radio station until they finally got off their dead ass. Oh, they did? Huh. Men 18 plus. Let's see. We're number uh, 800, man, and we're pretty proud of it. And the guys across the street are going to be saying, see, we're making some real inroads. Although I don't notice them uh, doing much. They cracked a two in one day part, a two-two. Big deal. No, I think they got a two-two in two parts. Big deal again. Let's see, men 18 plus, the overall week, QAM has got a 2.8. We're number 16 on QAM. That's uh, 6 a.m. to midnight in men. On a sports station, number 16. Is that incredible or what? And, and you see, they, they don't want to get the message. It's like the Marlins make this big run, you know, uh, unprecedented run. After being 20 games under 500, they damn near pull out a uh, wild card playoff spot. And, you know, they gave it a good shot and they ran out of gas. But... Uh, and has there anybody been going to the games? There's no interest. No. no interest, man. You could go bowling at those games and have your whole own section. Just like that Dolphin game yesterday. All this whip-up frenzy. Oh, that's all anybody cares about. There's nobody there. Sell out my ass. I wonder what kind of a scam they had to pull to say that that game was sold out. Maybe Wayne had to, uh... Well, of course, I hope he's got some money to bail his kid out. Yeah, I mean, if they're like the Marlins, they'll just buy the tickets themselves. Yeah, that's it. That must be the deal. They just make the numbers up. Your eyes were deceiving you. All that sea of orange you saw, that was just a lot of people dressed up in orange. Anyway, and Waxy's number 23. Now, what were we? 16, you said. 16, oh, yeah. They went from a 1-1 to a 1.6, and that's even before the dolphin stuff. They're on the move across the street, baby. They're moving it. They're shoving it. They're pushing it. God. Mornings, men 18 plus. Hot 105 is number one by a mile, 7.6. They've been number one for a long, long time, and they're still number one. Isn't that Tom Joyner, the hardest working uh, whatever he is? That's him. Goofball. WSDJ. Oh, I, like I told you, Julio's in the Spos and Schvos. 6.5, number two, out of nowhere, WSDJ is number two in the morning. Man. Radio Mambi, number three. Radio Mambi, no speaking English, aquí. Radio Amor, also no speaking English, allí, 5.6, they're number three. Big. They're still doing it. They can still do mm -hmm. it with Noah Stern on here. Ron and... Uh, well, now that we got our morning show on, man, now we got the new sports show. Wouldn't you think that these people would get the message? Uh, I'm not going to go into it. I'm sure. not going to get excited about Bye -bye. it. Yeah. Tied for third with Radio Amor is big. Ron and Old Paul, man, or whatever their names are. CMQ FM is number uh, four in the morning. QBA, no speaking English. 
Radio Suave. That's the Colombian station. No speaking English. So on the first page, you've got, you know what you've got. Middays, man. We're dropping like a rock. Yeah, sorry about that. What? Hey, Stop listen, you still got, you still got, I'm sure, more than morning and afternoon drive combined. Did I even oh. get, I never even got to uh, the QM, now, did I? I'm not even not that many pages into it yet. In fact, in the morning, I guess uh, the guys across the street, Joe Rose, little dog, had a 2-2 up from a 1-5, and we had a 2-2 down from a 2-3. Uh -oh. So it's a damn good thing we made that move when we did, because, boy, we were dying there in the morning as if that was a bulletin. Just dying. A terminal death. We got a sports show on now. Anyway, midday is Radio C uh, CMQFM, No Speaking English, number one in men. Radio Mambi, number two. But again, against MN18+, plus, includes a lot of old farts. Hot 105 has got a 4-6, their third. Radio Amor. Boy, you talk about heavy-duty ethnic, man. Do they talk to anybody who speaks English with these diaries? No. no. WIOD is the fifth, fourth, ties for fourth. QAM is sixth. We're number six in middays and men 4-4. Four, four. But that's 10 to 3. So if you go 10 to 2, we probably got a 5, right? Right. And then that's uh, 18 plus. Afternoon's been 18 plus. Radio Amor is number one. Did I uh, tell you what they across the street? They made a big move there. We got a 4-4. Four, four, they got a 1-7. Oh, for midday? Yeah. They went from a 1-1 from 25th to 22nd. You're moving, Joel, big time. That's Sid the Kid. And in the afternoons, Radio Amor is one followed by Love 94. That's pretty sad. It's Love 94? Holy cow. What kind of a man listens to that? Yay. Hot 105, big. Radio Suave. This is all, I suppose, and whatever. I suppose. In the afternoons, 3 to 7 p.m. And this trend, this is June, July, and August. Two-thirds of the summer rating book. Kiss that bonus money goodbye, guys. Yeah, no. Especially Josh's big bonus. Damn. <laughs> uh, two seven for I and Z for Scare America. Maybe they won't go over the edge with that bankruptcy. QAM two point five down from a two seven in the previous month. Two five tied for nineteenth and Waxy a two one. So the Mad Dog still edges them out and that includes that three to four hour, which is probably a oh. point something zero whatever. And of course Kenny Walker going on about the great radio, uh, the great ratings the Marlins have had. I'm pretty sure it was him that was saying that. Maybe I just had a nightmare. Well, they do well on TV. And TV ratings were good, yeah, but the red radio. See, and why would anybody listen to a night game on radio when it's on TV for free, you know? 2.9, tied for 12th at night. I mean, no, no great check. Certainly better than the Panthers are going to do. The Panthers will have a oh. point something, zero. And what do they have across the street at night? Can I find, are they on the list here? Do they even come make the cut? Oh, yeah, 0 0.5. Wow. <laughs> save the juice, baby. Hey, Joel, save the juice. Turn it off. Shut that baby down. Do some transmitter maintenance. Goose up that nasty old signal there, will you? God. We got 904 votes on the poll today already. And, of course, now that we're not taking calls anymore, I guarantee you, we're going to be down to a one share pretty soon. You know what? They deserve it. How low can we go? That, that ought to be our goal for the rest of the year. How low can we go? You know? Limbo. Limbo rock. Oh, and I got all these pages of print. And you're running out of a toner or something over on that, your end. That's how I got the originals. I can't see my copy. Oh, very, very nice. So very it's nice. Boys. They're, Persons they're 2554 overall. QAM is tied for 20th. Oh, my God. Nice going, Joe Bell, baby. You know what it's like? It'll be like, let, let's go out and find out the, the spot where the Titanic, you know, finally went down. Mm -hmm. And let's it. start throwing some life rafts. I know it's, it's a little bit late. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You follow my drift, so to speak? Are you drifting? Yeah. Oh, and thank God they got that game in New Orleans tonight, man. They got the Superdome fixed. The hospitals and the uh, schools and all those neighborhoods. No, those people are still off source, man. They got nothing. But thank God we got the Superdome fixed for that ball game tonight. There's what Bubba. About, man. As long as we can play football. And then you're There's Bubba. He's pissed off, man, at Chris Wallace. Good. Uh, too bad he didn't pull out a gun and shoot him right there on national TV. That would have been good. Wouldn't that have been great? That would have been. 
I'd have just played that over and over again. Attaboy, Bubba. Shoot him again. Chris Wallace, my ass. Anybody that's a sellout there on that Fox garbage, man, ought to be ashamed. Now, let's see. Persons 2550. Well, I guess I'll do this after the break. Continue. The, we can kill 15 minutes or so, so with this. Not that I don't have a very a fine pile. The biggest names. Hell of an effort by the Dolphins yesterday, by the way, against the little girls team. They play like a little blind girls team next week. People don't have the stomach for the fight. <clears throat> if it's war, if it will. The United States hasn't got the stomach for the fight. <clears throat> if you will, we must continue to sacrifice human life to maintain quarterly profits at a decent all-time high. I may have been deferred five times, but I had better things to do. And Republicans are big mouths, as he says. You well known. When a war. <laughs> a war. The United States hasn't got the stomach for the fight. The United States hasn't got the stomach for the fight. Before our dead troops are laid to rest. Stay alive, I eat their flesh. <laughs> a worm. There is no doubt that Saddam Hussein now has weapons of mass destruction. The United States hasn't got the stomach for the fight. Sounds to me, Lola, the vice president's got a bad stomach, doesn't it? Well, he's got about everything, doesn't he? Yeah, attitude. 10.32 at 5.60, WKM. i got a real bad attitude myself looking at these numbers, man, and looking at these pages. I wish we had TV for like five seconds. Yeah. They so were I could hold, these, uh, hold up to fading. the audience. They could see the crap that you're faxing me here. Fades with big white. black stripes down the middle, especially uh -huh. on some of the pages where the numbers are. That's exactly if I had I'm numbers like at. these, I'd like to try to block them out, too, you know. Those are the originals, baby. Now, why are they even wasting our time giving you this stuff? What's it, when you're making a copy of this, is it going to like look better by the time it comes through the machine? I don't know. Obviously, I mean, I got a good machine, man, but it ain't going to be uh, making it look better. You know, the pages in the front don't look like that, so maybe they didn't just, uh, you know, they didn't notice until it was all done. What do you mean by that? Get out of here! This is crap. I can't even read some of these numbers. Right. Probably just as well. Twenty-five, fifty-four persons, men and women, June, July, August. Hot 105 is number one, man, by a mile. Satellite radio is uh, falling like a rock and ain't cutting it. And traditional radio is dying, man, on the vine, on the Bill Vines. Radio Amor is number two. I'm ready to do a one and a two and a three. How do you like that? Coast is number three. The coast in men or in mm. persons. Actually, we didn't do that bad midday. In persons, 25.54. Good. Remember the old trick I told you? We got that's a 3.9 right. share, so you like uh, that's got to be like a 4.5 anyway if you take that awful 2 to 3 hour out of there. So that's 4.5, you double it nine. So that's an 8 something in men, 25.54, and probably still good enough for number one. So if, these, if the Kenny and Bo morning sports show can goose us up now that we got a lead in in the morning in the, the last month of the summer book, we could still salvage a few bucks. How do you like that? Wouldn't that be a miracle? Although we're going to be dropping off a big June. This is with a big June? Yeesh. Holy moly. Huh? I said eesh. And, of course, Clarence has never bothered sending me the monthlies because, you know, he's we have nothing to do with sports. He is just... You ought to go... 
Both of you ought to go in the hallway right now, grab him, and just tie him up, put him up on a ceiling somewhere, and everybody take a baseball bat and just beat the crap out of him. <laughs> just hang him from the ceiling. Like a piñata? Yeah, that's right. Everybody that comes by gets a free shot or two. Yeah, that kind as well. Go up, go right up 441 there, stop at the pawn shop, and get a few pieces, five easy pieces. Just blow his brains out. What an idiot. But, of course, Joe and Joyce, they're sold on Clarence, man. He's hes the heir apparent. He's the uh, our fearless leader. Now, he never even bothered sending the monthly, so this is basically meaningless anyway. I think, I'm afraid, we had a humongous June, and when that drops off and a whole summer book comes out, we're going to have a minus in front of our number. Great. Hot 105 is number one in persons 2554. WQAM, and, that, and that's our target demo is men 2554, but in the trends, they don't separate them. So we double it. We don't. We subtract a little tiny, because we don't have any women. Tied for 20th. Let's hear it. Oh. We're tied for 20th oh. with a two-point, uh, what does that say, 2.0? I, I can't read these numbers because the, the black stripes are, like, right down mm. over where the numbers are. Waxy, on the other hand, has made a big move, man, from number 27 to number 25, a point seven to a, to a oh. point nine. Man, are they doing it or what? Huh? No. So, in other words, what they basically got in this uh, trend was a bunch of old men. Nice going, Joel. Old men. Christ. Even I don't listen to that crap. Mornings. Do we want to take a look at this? Sure, why not? Why yeah. not kill a couple of minutes here? The, the audience formula prior... works all day long. I beg your pardon? That formula. What? That you use. It works all day long. The sports formula? That numbers formula that you're doing. The pablum formula? Yeah. Let's see. 1.5, 2554 in the morning at 1.5. So that's about a three share in men. That's weak. On a sports station. And waxy a 1.3. So that would be about a 2.5, 2.6. We just edged them out. Just barely. Boy, it's a good thing we got the humper back in the safety of the afternoon. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Man, where he'll be safe <laughs> with Bino. They're in the process of reprinting fun. this. Do you want the uh, legible? No, no, don't waste any more of my. For no, numbers no, like these, I don't waste any more. What? They can't read it either. I mean, that's how it oh, I, I don't care. Okay. I, I don't want to read all right, it. All right. I, I can make it out. You know what I mean? I can just barely make it out. I'm holding Squint. it up like uh, I'm squinting at it. And believe me, when you've got numbers like these, you'd squint a lot, too. Middays, persons 25 to 54, Hot 105 is number one estacion in the market, baby, with a 7.1 share. Who in their right mind would listen to that crap? Radio Amor is number two. Anybody believe it? No. No. Coast, number three. Life. Life. The music of your life. Slush. See, everybody who gets in the doctor and dentist office, they get five diaries to fill out. And they're all, oh, we're oh, listening yeah. to life. We're listening to the Michael Bolton records. CMQFM is number five. Love. QAM, middays were number uh, seven. Curse is 25.54, down from a 4.6 in the spring. But a 3.9 is almost a, uh, oh, no. In the spring book, we had a 4.2. And here's a 3.9. So not that bad. And again, keeping in mind that that 2 to 4, that uh, 2 to 3 hour mm-hmm. is an abortion. An abortion. You know what we had on mostly between 2 and 4? That's it. An abortion, man. Whoever did that deserves a spanking. Let's see. 3.9. And what did they got across the street? I'm sure that they had a gigantic number in this demographic. Person's 25.54. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking on this page. I'm looking on the next page. Even Wins had a 1.2. Wins Scare America. Isn't that Ed Schultz? There they are. 25. A 1.0. A 1.0. Oh, that, but I guess that's a solid number. That's up from a 0.6. So they're going to say, oh, we got a story. We got a story. Yeah, the story is you guys still suck. You got, And, boy, that team you got, man, I hope you don't lose as many millions this year on the Dolphins as you had last year, especially with that little girl Jimmy Syphilis calling the games. Had a squeak by Had a squeak by a bunch of blind kids they played yesterday, man, from Tennessee, the school of the blind. So we didn't do all that bad, George. You didn't. I'll take a little blame for it. Three days, of course, that's before we my, shut off the phone and before my, we had that bad. great lead in now that new sports show we got where they're talking high school football. That's going to change everything. You think? 
But you're so negatory on it. If they fail, it's going to be your fault. I know. I'm, I like Kenny Walker. I think he's going to be, you know, he could be pretty well, good. I like Kenny Walker. I wish they would let him do the show he wants to do. Yeah, I wish they'd let him do the show that he could do by, you know, a real show. Instead of this, oh, the Dolphins this and the Dolphins that. When are you people going to wake up there already? When are you going to take Clarence and get a hitman and get him out of there? Take him out in the, in the field and shoot his ass somewhere. And stop with these sports nerds controlling our destiny our lives, man. Unbelievable. You are, remember that song, You Are My Destiny by Paul Anka, the kid mm -hmm. with the canker? Afternoons, this is, I'm not going to waste my time on it, because especially now I can't read any of this. EDR, I see his number. Uh, no, are they? I don't, I don't know. No, I'm on the wrong page. My bad, I guess. Here it is, 3 to 7. When you can't read the number, it kind of like is a little bit confusing. <laughs> oh. Radio Amor's number one in person is 2554 in the afternoon. The Amor we listen, the Amor we get sick and want to puke our guts out. Oh, my God. Probably playing a lot of, uh, what's her name, record? Celia Cruz. Celia Fate. That's what Joe Bell and his crowd did to us. They sealed our fate. And Chris Jones, man, is he doing a heck of a job? Heck of a job, Brownie Hound. They, they're parlaying every, every piece of business I ever had on this show into uh, oblivion. Must be getting ready for the new format. It's called OTA. You know what that stands for? Out of town? Out of town? Off the air. Oh. QAM, number 20-something. I can't read it. Can you? Uh, number 23 with a 1.2. What? The, that's afternoon. That's afternoon, 3 to 7. So you double it. You got a 2.0. Oh, that's, that's, and Waxy is right under us. Uh, they're right behind us right with a 1.1, I believe. Mm-hmm. 1.1. One, one. So both stations, you put them together, and you still don't have a number. Is this a market for sports or what? No. It's not a sports market. It can't support one sports station anymore, much less two. So that's a hell of a job you've done there, Joel. Basically, what he did is he took a weak number divided by two, and now everybody's sucking wind, okay? That is really sad. Although, wait till you hear the stories that Allison was telling us about. Today. The biggest names, the best That's some hot rumors from over there. Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, Neil Rogers, God. Uh, sir, do you have any liquids? I'm not telling. Oh, you must be jealous. Oh, does that make me a felon? Hey, no need for yelling. Let me get my supervisor, Ellen. Sir, are you jelling? Oh, your question is compelling. Let's see what the dogs are smelling. <coughs> you are so jealous. Oh, you caught me, you infidelins. Let's go. In Gitmo, you'll be dwelling. Oh, my God. That's enough to make me want to listen to Blind Melon. 1025. Oh. At 560. I got some blind melon in the drawers of my drawers over there. Do you the band? Yeah. Whoever said you had bad music taste? Oh, I'll show you a thing or two. What the hell is it? Where's my blind melon? I'll get it uh, during the next break. It's in my big pile over by the waller. Anyway, speaking of uh, that bit I just played, the government's relaxing its ban against carrying liquids and gels on, on the airliners, instituted after a plot to bomb jets, bada, 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 that phony plot. A Homeland Security Department official, speaking, of course, on condition of anonymity, uh, says that most liquids and gels that air travelers purchase in secure areas of airports will not be allowed on planes. In other words, you go through your security checkpoint, then you buy your liquids at the airport stores, take them onto your plane, and it's going to be okay. Okay. See? So they'll goose up business real good, and probably there'll be a whole bunch of them little shops, convenience store-type places opening, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? After you go what through you security? Uh-huh. Because then you'll be safe. Wow. A document drawn up by the French DGSE Intelligence Service and made public on Saturday alleges that terrorist mastermind uh, Osama Yamama died in August of typhoid. French President Jacques Chirac confirmed the existence of the document, which was published by the French regional daily East Republican when he told journalists in the city of Compiègne, I'm surprised that a confidential document by the DSGE was published, he said. He's surprised. And a guy, did you see them interview this guy who uh, was behind the story? No. And he stands by it. 
They say, and the Saudis say, you're full of your mama, and all of a sudden, it says, according to a usually reliable source, the Saudi intelligence services have said to have acquired the information that Osama bin Laden is dead. The information gleaned by the Saudis indicates that the head of al-Qaeda was victim of a very strong attack of typhoid in Pakistan, August 23rd of this year. The document goes on to say that bin Laden's geographical isolation rendered all medical assistance impossible and that the illness had caused a partial paralysis of his legs. It also says the Saudis are waiting for more information, notably about where bin Laden was buried, to make an official announcement about his death. And also they want to notify the family because they're all really tight. You know, and the Bush family can mm -hmm. go over there and pay their last respects. All of these things. Does it really make any difference whether he's dead or alive? No. Of course not. It's all symbolic, and I don't think he was engineering too many attacks uh, from the cave, you know, from the bat cave. Although maybe he had, you know, in the bat cave in Batman, they had all that uh, fancy schmancy stuff, you know, all sure. that high tech crap. Uh huh. So maybe, maybe in the Bin Laden cave there in, uh, in Tora Bora Bora, they had a bunch of crap. And of course, you know what Bubba said? He said, "Don't feed me no more bubble mice." Isn't that what he told Chris Wallace? Said he, he said, "What? He said, what did you think I was going to do? Just sit here make, have you make a monkey out Business of me?" When you were president. So you did Fox's bidding on this show. You did your nice little conservative hit job on me. <laughs> I, think, I think it is so. He, he took enough crap already from them, okay? He isn't taking any more crap is basically what he's saying. He ain't running for nothing anyway. Plus, he'll probably do whatever he can to sandbag Hillary's aspirations. Although he probably wouldn't be, well, mind being the first uh, guy. What, what, do you call, what would you call him um, besides Bubba? The first gentleman? No, I don't first think nobody man? would call him a gentleman. The first man. I thought the first man was Adam. And then there was Steve, and God created Adam and Steve. 971 votes on the poll. I'll read the number when we get to 1,000. Well, that's pretty impressive already, isn't it? Especially when you consider yesterday was all that NFL stuff. I thought there was supposed to be a game last night, but one of the teams missed the bus to the stadium. Now, it's one thing to get beat bad like that, but to get beat at home like that real bad? Oh, God. That's Denver, man. They got your number. They do. Tom Brady is 1-5 in five lifetime against the Broncos. If, if Denver tried to lose the game, if they tried to fix it, they, the Patriots still couldn't beat them. If they, gave them like, if they gave us a handicraft, you know, like about a 10-point lead at the start, still find a way to lose. Lead, oh, there's uh, Hugo Chavez, your new hero. It's disgusting to see a head of state come to our country. On oh, cut the crap. Come to our country and call you and tell the truth. So nauseated with these people. That, that's the guy from Sitco. What do you expect him to say? Or as Brian Murray, you know, he would call he wouldn't call it Sitco. Don't say it. Leaked intelligence report rocks Bush election stance. U.S. spy agencies have dropped a political bombshell six weeks before the national elections. Oh, my God. With a leak of a classified report concluding that the war in Iraq has spawned a new wave of Islamic radicalism and increased the global threat of terrorism. The intelligence document yesterday rocked the central pillar of the Republican Party's campaign platform ahead of the November elections that the 2003 invasion of Iraq and the ouster of Saddam Hussein made America safer, not weaker. Guess what? Wrong. As if this is some surprise. As if it takes some kind of a study to figure this out. With opinion polls showing President Bush's party possibly losing control of both houses of Congress in the midterm polls. All right. In large part due to unhappiness over the war in Iraq, the report states categorically the opposite will make for painful reading at the White House. Bush has argued repeatedly in pre-election speeches that Iraq is the central front of the war on terrorism and that demands for a U.S. troop withdrawal from the country by opposition Democrats underscores why the center-left party should not be trusted with the nation's security. Center-left party. The security of the civilized world depends on victory in the war on terror, and that depends on victory in Iraq, Bush said in one speech, August 31. Such assertions were looking decidedly shaky yesterday after the New York Times and the Washington Post released details of the classified national intelligence estimate, the most comprehensive assessment yet of the war, based on analyses of all 16 of America's intelligence agencies. The report, 
called Trends in Global Terrorism, Implications for the U.S., says the Iraq war has made the overall terrorism problem worse, an official with the document told the Times. The Washington Post said the report described the Iraq conflict as the primary recruiting vehicle for a violent Islamic extremist, again, as if we didn't know that, as if a blind, deaf, and dumb dog couldn't already tell you that. While the U.S. has seriously damaged al-Qaeda and disrupted its ability to carry out major operations since 9-11 attacks on New York and Washington, it noted radical Islamic networks have spread and decentralized. And wasn't that the uh, I shot Musharraf there last night talking about how the Taliban are much worse than ever before and how they've reformed and reshaped and they're like worse than al-Qaeda? Didn't he say that last night or I dreamed that? No, he said that. After Katie Couric did her licky, 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 kissy, kissy with Condoleezza. That was the worst suck piece I have ever seen in my life. It was pornographic. It was disgusting. Katie Couric, my ass. And this is a journalist. She's got credibility. No. Not. Who, who, who are the journalists on TV? You could count them on one hand. Chris Wallace. <laughs> Sean Hannity. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Democratic leaders were quick to jump on the report's conclusions as clear evidence of the failure of Bush's policies. The intelligence document should put the final nail in the coffin for Bush's phony argument about the Iraq war. Senator Ted Kennedy said in a statement Sunday. Then he said... <laughs> The fact that we need a new direction in Iraq to really win the war on terror and make Americans safer could not be clearer or more urgent, yet the administration stubbornly clings to a failed state-of-course strategy. He said, kind of reminds me of Joe Bell in this station, man. Month after month after month as the audience was vanishing, jumping, running away from this radio station like we had, like we had radio leprosy, like we had Barry Berry. Like if you touch that knob on 560, you'd get like a t -t -t tumor. The White House, while reiterating its traditional stance of not commenting on classified reports of the New York Times story, isn't representative of the complete document. We've always said that the terrorists are determined keeping the pressure on and staying on the offensive is the best way to win the war on terror, a White House spokesman added right. But the leaked intelligence report is hardly good news for Bush and Republicans coming on top of a messy revolt by top Republican senators against the Bush plan for legitimizing how the U.S. interrogates and prosecutes and tortures terrorist suspects. The Senate rebel... Rebels who include possible candidates to succeed Bush in 2008 reached a compromise agreement with the White House late last week. But the unseemly row already diverted attention away from Republican efforts to present a unified front on the issue of national security during the final stretch of the election campaign. They're stretching it, baby. Republican leaders tried to brush aside the intelligence document, which they said hadn't been seen yet. And Senate Majority Leader Bill's fist expressed confidence U.S. voters would not be swayed by the intelligence report. Right. Should live so long. Next thing you know, they're going to be talking to illegal aliens on Lou Dobbs' show on CNN. They're going to be killing, they're going to be shooting illegal aliens right there, and, and Lou's going to be doing the shooting, too. Can't you just see them there with a oh, six-shooter? Yeah. Just like just like why burp, man. Can't you see it? I'll help. Just like Gabby Hayes and Roy Rogers. Shoot them up, Lou. 993. Wouldn't it be great to see Lou do a little kung fu? <laughs> <laughs> like Fu Manchu. Oh, no. Yeah. And stick the old screw to all them illegal aliens. Back across the border. Shoo, shoo. Shoot. No, shoot, yeah, shoot them away like with a fly swatter. See, now you're going to get into, now you're going to start picking on the Mexicans again. I know you've got that uh, prejudice. Hola. Now, I know how Radio Suave is getting a little bit of a number there, but when's the Mexican station going to start doing a number? We are, we're going to have some Mexican stations too, aren't we? We might as well. We've got all these other stations don't speak in English, and they're doing extraordinarily well, a hell of a lot better than we're doing. Thank you very much, Joe Bell, for bringing us down, for allowing Clarence to drag us down into the depths of despair. And once we have that June drop off of there, I'm telling you, man, if Clarence had the balls to bring you the, the monthlies, you, you would puke. Because knowing that July, August, and September is the summer reading book, and we're going to drop off that big June, we haven't got a Chinaman's chance in purgatory, man. And speaking of Chinaman's chance, i got a big article here. You want to hear the headline? It's from the BBC. All right. Beijing's Penis Emporium is the headline. Really now? 
And I'll read you the subheading. It says, there are many thousands of Chinese restaurants around in the U.K., and everyone has their favorite dish that's favorite with a U. But only in China itself do the chefs specialize in a range of slightly more unusual delicacies. Ah. Uh, and, of course, in Spain, where they like those bullfights, you know what one of the delicacies is there besides fried pig ears? I'm not going to say it. It's called fried bull. Absolutely. Smith. <laughs> oh. Man, 1,002 votes. Let's hear it. Now we can go home. I'm going home. Oh, 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 oh. How do you like that? That's more listeners than you got 24-7, Joel. Eat your heart out. Eat your farts, parts out. I'm going to play fart sounds all day. Just, just as a protest, the sounds of protest. You've heard of the sounds of silence? I'm going to play the sounds of uh, protest all day. Yeah, there you go. Let's trumpet our big success <laughs> in these uh, latest trends. Well, it's only a trend, you know. It's just two-thirds of the summer book. I bet you he doesn't have the balls to bring you the monthlies, okay? I'll, I'll put in a request. Put in a request for the for the monthlies. I just I just can't wait. I want to see men twenty five fifty four and men eighteen plus. I want to see those monthlies for the last three months. And when you see what a big month we had in June, man, we had such a bogus. I mean, such a great month in June. And when that thing drops off July, August, and September, man, you aren't going to be able to find an audience with a search party and Sherlock Holmes. The biggest thing is the best talent. You sports this is the Neil Rogers Show. <laughs> this is your brain. <laughs> Any questions? Yeah. Uh-huh. So deceptive. They had to use the Photoshop to take off the weight I got to put CBS on top. I need to look young and hot, whoa, when they use the Photoshop on my publicity shot. Give me curves that I don't got. Hey guys, thanks a lot, whoa, go on a diet, don't be a joker, won't staple my stomach like Al Roker. Airbrush my waist so I don't look fatter, make me sexier than Dan Rather. Here's a news flash, this just in, they also erased my extra chin. I lost 20 pounds overnight, I just got hit on by Walter Cronkite, so bust out the Photoshop. And don't you ever stop, now that I got the anchor slot. I need to stay young and hot. Whoa! Katie Couric in his house. NBC, they're not dope. Yeah, nice going, Katie. Nice suck job there with Condoleezza. That was pathetic. Just, I'm, I'm surprised she didn't sit on the piano stool with Condoleezza and play a duet. That would be sweet. It would have been real sweet. Condom, Lisa. Well, now that you're 82 and you've never been married, honey, you got some time for dating? Are you thinking about, uh, oh, yeah, and there she is with that right-wing, with that self-hating Nazi Peter McKay, you know, the Canadian. Anyway, so here we go. Six to midnight. He, uh, Clarence sends me the monthlies for Waxy and for us. Boy, August, they they got a real uh, bogus. I mean, they got really a good kiss there in August, didn't they? I see that. They kissed it, yeah. As opposed to us in August. Boy, did we take a real, I mean, wow. Recto. Picking the ass. Right? Maybe they're on the move now. What do you think? No. You know, it's not, just, like, just like a year ago, April. You know, every once in a while, they get one of those months, and they say, hey, now we're on the way. No, they're not. Yeah. No, just look at some of these. And we did not have a gigantic uh, June. I mean, it was okay. We had a 4.8, but it was down from May. We had a big May. But that's already vanished. So, like, uh, look at July of 5.4. We kicked some serious ass. That's in men. That's 10 to 3. <sighs> July was the big month, man. And July, August, and September is the summer book. Let's hear it. Oh! 
So we still got a shot. If we can get a decent September now that we got that morning show, man, that morning sports show. I'll turn it around. See, you say that sarcastically because you don't believe in it. You want them to succeed. You did the I, same I, thing I about really do. with Chuck Meyer. You, you, you Look, sandbagged poor old Chuck with that mustache. I want them to succeed. And by the way, the Marlins, 3-9 in July, but in August, a 2.8 when they were making that big run in men, 18-plus, a 2.8 for a team that was vying, that was winning like 80 in a row, trying for the wild card and putting all that excitement in there. The talk of the town, everybody was whipped up. And it was, look at those Marlins. They broke an all-time record, man. 20 games out after the first 30-some-odd games, and they come back. They were a game or two over 500 until they choked, until they fell apart. How do you like that? And did they get a number? No. Will they ever get a number? No. Will the Panthers ever get a number? No. Is there any interest in this crap? No. no. <laughs> what? What are you laughing about? It was funny. What was funny? Your delivery. I'm just telling you, man. Nobody cares. This business of trying to sell halifa in Saudi Arabia, man, they don't want it. They don't like it. You can't. You cannot sell Chinese poo-poo platter at the North Pole. Well, what if there were a lot of halifa vendors? Poo-poo? What? If there were like what? If there were if a lot we of had Holofa. 75 yeah. sports stations, then we'd be kicking, uh, kicking ancient style, man. Okay, let me put these aside for a second. Because I want to get to this penis emporium story. Well, we still can. It's very emporium tent. The dish in front of me is gray and shiny. This is from the BBC, so it must be very intellectual. Russian dog, says my waitress Nancy. Big dog, I reply. Yes, she says, big dog's penis. We're in a cozy restaurant on Dark Street in Beijing, but my appetite seems to have gone for a stroll outside. <laughs> Nancy has brought out a whole selection of delicacies. They are draped awkwardly across a huge platter with a crocodile carved out of a carrot as the centerpiece. What a crock. Nestling beside the dog's penis are its clammy testicles, and oh beside that, God. a giant salami-shaped object. Donkey, says Nancy, good for the skin. She guides me around the penis platter. Snake. Will you listen to me and stop interrupting? This is important stuff. Snake, very potent. They have two penises each. I did not know that. Sheep, horse, ox, seal, excellent for the circulation. She points to three dark shriveled lumps, which look like the licorice all sorts, a special treat apparently, reindeer from Manchuria. The Guozhuang restaurant claims to be China's only specialty penis emporium. I know it is not a joke. The atmosphere is more exotic spa than boozy night out. Nancy describes herself as a nutritionist. We don't call them waiters here, and we don't serve much alcohol. Only common people come here and get drunk and laugh. But she does offer me a deer blood and vodka co- cocktail, which I decide to skip. The restaurant's grizzly menu was dreamt up by a man called Mr. Guo. He is now 81 and retired. After fleeing China's civil war back in 49, he moved to Taiwan, then to Atlanta, Georgia, where he began to look deeper into tra- traditional Chinese medicine and experiment on the appendages of man's best friend. Apparently, they are... Low in cholesterol and good night. And then there's pictures. Ah, ah. Great. Good not just for boosting the male sex drive, but for treating all sorts of ailments. Laughter trickles through the walls of our dining room. Government officials, says Nancy, two of them upstairs, they're having the penis hot pot. I'll bet. Most of the restaurant's guests are either wealthy businessmen or government bureaucrats, who, as Nancy puts it, have been brought here by people who want their help. What better way to secure a contract than over a steaming penis fondue? Discretion is assured as all the tables are in private rooms. The glitziest one has gold dishes. Some of them like their food served Rosses, Nancy, like sushi, but we can cook it any way you like. Not long ago, a particularly rich real estate mogul came in with four friends, all men. Women don't come here often, so they shouldn't eat testicles, says Nancy solemnly. The men spent $5,700 on an especially rare dish, something that needed to be ordered months in advance. Tiger penis, says Nancy. The illegal trade in tiger parts is a big problem in China. Campaigners say the species is being driven toward extinction because of its popularity as a source of traditional medicine. 
I mentioned this doubtfully to Nancy, but she insisted all her tiger supplies come from animals that have died of old age. Anyway, we only have one or two orders a year, she says. So what does it taste like, I ask? Oh, the same as all the others, she says blithely. And does it have any particular potency? No, people just like to order tiger to show off how much money they have. Welcome to the People's Republic of China. Tigers beware. Oh, yes, yeah, she adds, the same group also ate an aborted reindeer fetus. Very good for your skin, and here it is. Oh, boy. Another nutritionist walks in bearing something small and red-wrapped in cling film. My appetite is heading for the airport. Still, I think it would be rude not to try something. I'm normally okay about this sort of thing. I have had fried cockroaches and sheep's eyes, so there's a small bowl of sliced and pickled ox penis on the table. I pick up a piece with my chopsticks and start to chew. It's cold and bland and rubbery. Nancy gives me a matronly <laughs> smile. You could have this one, she says, should be eaten every day. Oh, my God. You know what they say, a... A day yeah. keeps the doctor away. Wow. Who says that? Yeah, I don't know. Some people I know. That's what, uh, what's his name told me? James uh, Franco. Oh. <laughs> By the way, I uh, want to apologize to myself again for that Freaks and Geeks thing. I'm, I'm sending it back. Anybody want it, you can have it. That's that is right. the most. I watched five minutes of one episode. That's for, like, uh, little kids. It's uh, pathetic. It's like a whole bunch of little Robert Greepers on there. You know, it's just tragic. Speaking of uh, Robert. Nice going, though. So, like, Waxy had a big month there in August. Can you imagine the big party they're having over there now? Look at that. Overall, in men, they had a 2.5. Of course, old, though. Men, 18 plus, 2.8 in August, 2.0 in June, 1.8 in July, and a 2.8 in August. So, you know it's bogus. Uh, Middays, they had a 1.4, a 1.3, and then a 2.4 in August. Oh, Ooh. boy. They got some wire diaries in August, no doubt. 3 to 7, 1.9 in June, 1.8 in July, 2.6 in August. They're on the move, baby. And at night... Oh, my God. At night in July, they had a 1.0. Oh. And then in August, what a turnaround. An 0.1. Oh. 0.1. That's a real turnaround. You know how they always say that? Oh, we had a real turnaround. Yeah, from a 1.0 to an 0.1. You can't turn it around much more than that. And how did we do with the Marlins? From a 3.9 to a 2.8 in August. Isn't August when they were making their big run, Josh, when all those exciting games were on? And they were like uh, right there within a couple of games of the wild card or close to it? That is correct, sir. 2.8. They stunk. Squat. And what did we have in uh, August? 3.0. But that's 10 to 3, keep in mind, okay? 10 to 3 includes that 2 to 4, those two hours of dead air, transmitter maintenance, that we still have no idea why the hell they insisted on putting him on in here all the time. That was Clarence's call, I guess, wasn't it? Wasn't he the one who made that decision to put that on the air, his good little buddy? What? In other words, if Clarence, if you're tight with Clarence, man, you get a lot of air time. Even if you have, like, a, a minus in front of your number, like minus 6 share, mm -hmm. 6 below 0. That's the way it works here at QM because he's got the keys to the kingdom and the naked pictures. Make no mistake about that. He must have. He must have. They're enchanted with him. He would know a radio if you stuck if you took my old RCA my, my old Emerson radio and stuck that in there and shoved it in there with a with a crowbar. Oh, crowbar. See the small amounts of liquids and gels to be allowed now. Travel size, three ounce containers of eye drops, lip gloss, makeup, shaving cream, whatever you need that fit and seal comfortably into a one quart or less zip top baggie. The second change concerns drinks you buy before you board your flight. Because we are confident in our increased security measures throughout the airport, passengers will now be allowed to purchase drinks and other items in the secure boarding area <coughs> after the checkpoint and bring them aboard their flights. For instance, you may buy bottles of water, cups of coffee, shop at duty-free, as long as it's bought in the secure boarding area past the checkpoint. Those are okay to bring on board your aircraft. So, two changes that recognize some common-sense security points. Oh, yeah. 
Small containers Everything is below safe a certain now. size and in limited amounts don't pose a real threat. There you go. we gotta, we got to relax this thing because it's getting close to that election. We want people like that. Oh, look at the great job they're doing, baby. They're doing a hell of it. They saved our lives, and now the inconvenience is going to be a lot less, and the gas prices are giving us a dollar to take each gallon, and everything is just great. Oh. All right. Wait till like, November 10th when it's, like, five bucks a gallon, and when they say they're going to, like, strip you naked before they let your ass on the plane. 1,041 votes. Oh, Arlen and Spectre finally got one. Don't you feel better for him? Oh, yeah, lots. Hey, Arlen, you know about that magic bullet? Oh, sorry. The politician I trust the most, none. Eric finally changed that from nope, 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 rhymes with dope. None, they're all crooks, 354. That's what, that was my vote. I don't trust any of them. They're all crooks. That's what I voted. Bill Clinton, 237. He's still a crook. You know, I like him, but he's a crook. Al Gore, 118. Russ Feingold, 89. Bob Graham, 59. He, he shouldn't have been on there, but I put him on. Because, you know, he's an ex-politician. He ain't running. Uh, Barack Obama, 36. George W. Bush, 24. 2.2% of this prestigious audience trust him the most. And that goes to show you, there's a moron born every second. Elliot Spitzer, 23. I'm surprised that many people know who that is. He's your next president, by the way. I hate this poll, 20, 1.9%. John McCain, 20. How could you still trust him? What a sellout. Rudy Giuliani, 18. Ted Kennedy, 15. John Kerry, 12. Nancy Pelosi, 8. Wimp. Hillary Clinton, only 7. And Bill Fist and Alan Spector have one apiece. Hillary's only got seven. Can't, can't, I want you to have a talk with that child, okay? Which one are we talking Hillary. About? Oh, Hillary, Hill- don't do it. Don't do it, sweetheart. Maybe she oh. can elope with Condom Lisa. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Black Eye. Force Radio 560. QAM. Adam and say cheese. I'm a sports watcher. I'm a sports watcher. Look, they're patting their butts now. Rectum. Since I was a boy, I threw away my dollhouse toys. When I saw my first game, I got a swell on. Most men won't confess. They privately wear a dress. Watching ESPN in fishnet nine. I'm a sports watcher. I'm a sports watcher. Look at the size of his bulge. I'm a sports watcher. I'm a sports watcher. Look at that in their butts now. Oh, there's the indignant uh, caveman on the guy for spot. I don't like this spot. So, you know the indignant caveman? That's right. What's the over his accent? Is that underwear? What's over It's the over and underwear, right. Well, you know what? I'll give you a classic example. Like yesterday's Dolphin-Tennessee game, which they were luckier in hell to win, and if it weren't for that penalty, they would have, they'd be on three. What, what is there to say about that? Is there any more that needs to be said about that other than it was what it was? It was a piece of crap, and they're luckier in hell to have a win, and it means nothing, and they suck. What else is there to say, Josh? Well, um, you could go the route of, uh, and this is just going on a limb. This is not what they were talking about on the morning show or anything. But, you know, Dante, you know, his confidence is going to be up now. He you sucks. Know, because he ran that ball in for the team. He's as mobile as the Statue of Liberty. And he went head first. So, you know, yeah. he's got confidence now for the next week. 
Yeah, okay. That was on a morning show? I thought it was supposed to be an entertainment show. Are you telling me it's a sports show? No, I just made that up. Oh. Well, that don't was start trouble now. Just don't take a page out of George's book and be a Schmittister. If it fails, it'll be Josh's fault. That's correct. That, that, just write that down, folks. If the morning show, our new morning show, fails, it's going to be Josh Cordes' fault because he refused to go along with the corporate. Boy, look at that August. Man, oh, man. Our, wow. If you believe this, yes. they, they must have got a lot of wire diaries across the street. A 1-4 in the morning? In men, a 1.4, reaching a new low. I guess, well, that's because they knew that, uh, you know, was a lame, uh, the humper was a lame duck in the morning, or a dead duck. At any rate, moving along. Can we move along and get off that stuff? I mean, what, what's the point of we just, you, you're never going to talk these people into it, out of it, anything. They're just, they're as stubborn as a mule, as stubborn as, as uh, your mother and my mother, as stubborn as the mother in that movie Transamerica. That, that is a good movie. I don't think Josh is ready for it. Now, did you say, you, you keep telling me different mixed signals. Either you saw it, you think you I, saw I'm it. I'm pretty sure I saw some of it. It's, it's really, actually pretty I, And what I saw, yeah, was very interesting. And I was not put off or anything like oh. that. Oh, no, it's, I mean, it's not like that. Only uh, short moments. Blair turned blind eye to Iraq intelligence in Bush meeting, says the London Independent. Tony Blair turned a blind eye to intelligence and failed to challenge George Bush over claims that Saddam Hussein was developing nuclear weapons, according to news claims published last week. A note of a private meeting between Mr. Blair and President Bush in January of 2003 shows that Blair failed to confront Mr. Bush when he claimed Saddam had tried to buy aluminum tubes for nuclear weapons production. Mr. Blair did not contradict the president despite having received private briefings, which indicated that the aluminum tubes were more likely to be for conventional weapons, according to the new edition of a book by the international lawyer Philip Sands, published today. The claims in a new U.S. edition of the book, Lawless World, will raise fresh questions about whether Mr. Blair played a secondary role to President Bush. When Bush and Blair discussed the aluminum tubes at their White House meeting on January 31, 2003, they appear to have done so by turning a blind eye on a never... I forgot to get my blind melon. Damn it. ...to intelligence that had been made available to them but was unhelpful to their chosen course of action, the book says. Assuming this to be the case, it can only reinforce the suspicion that mutual convenience caused the two leaders to misrepresent the intelligence to sure up their claim of war. Well, you can play it there. I don't want you to play it. I've got to find my uh, disc. Why? When you play it, anyway. I'll look for it. All right. I'd rather hear this. Is it that chunky? Who writes the words of music? Not this guy. For all the girly shows, no one cares and no one knows who is I'm the you hero. Some villain always strange, but who cares if there's a plot or not when they've got a lot of things. What do you go for? Go see a show for. Tell the truth, you go to see those beautiful days. Are you letting the cat out of the bag again? He's playing the new format. <laughs> That's going to be our new morning show starting next week. Here we go. Are we gelling with Blind Melon? What are you selling? I bet he's smelling. Oh, you're right. Okay, that takes care of that. At least I found it. That's good because it wasn't in a place where I was supposed to have it. I still can't find my Standing in the Shadows of Motown CD, and I'm pretty peeled about that. Getting pretty porky about that. Okay, so there's the monthlies, which means, I don't know, what, what does it actually say? Hey. Huh? 
Right. In other words, July we done fine. Let's see how you done. This is mostly you in the summer book. Keep in uh, mind, I was only on two days a week. July we were spectacular. A five point four. Man, what were you doing in July? Oh, Must have been those great calls you were taking. Oh yeah. But then in August, down to a three point. Oh man, that's not so exciting. No, no, I guess it got old. So, but we got July, August, and so it's all September is where it's hanging. I can't, then I keep in mind that's ten to three. I'm going to tell you what they did to us with that two to four, and then having poor Mad Dog following two hours of dead air. Remember, I kept saying to you off the air, when are they going to move him up already? I mean, they could have put him on two to five anytime they wanted. They could have put Curtis in there between five and seven. Did they do it? No. Did they make a move? They acted like they were, like, paralyzed. Paralyzed. Terrified to make a movement, baby. He who hesitates is lost. So we'll find out, September, whether the guys across the street continue that gigantic move they made in August, which I'm sure that they're all jumping up and down doing a Kazatsky over there. Hey, more power to you guys, whatever you, you know. Try to talk yourselves into it. Convince yourselves you're like broadcasters. This, this story here, it, may, it makes you want to just throw your arms up in the air and say, what's the use? Okay, when I saw this, and I put it on our website, although I don't think anybody's reading it. Why do we, you know something, Josh, maybe we ought to just take the weekends off. I agree. You notice how there's some websites like on a weekend they don't really change much of anything, like Capitol Hill Blue. They pretty much leave stuff on a weekend because nobody reads them. Let me, let me take a look here on our stats page and see how many people read the stories that you and I worked our brains. Oh, there goes Blind Melon on the floor. Sorry. Oh, no. Oh. There he goes again. Now, that's enough. Let's see. Uh, posted on uh, yesterday. How many people read that? 162 the most reads, 135. There's four, uh, and I didn't send you that many this weekend to try to, like, make up for that bad day when I sent you 800 stories. What, and on day? Saturday, there was one story, Bush Rages, I'm not Beelzebub, Lord of uh, Sulphur. 203 people read that one, and I guess it's okay. Son of Dolphin's owner gets jail time, 183. That's because, you know, we got a mean-spirited bunch out there that wish Wayne would croak. Anything that bad happens to Wayne, they like it. And I, I go along with that. So I, I guess we'll continue, but just not so many, I guess. You know, just a couple here, a couple there. Yeah, just tone it down a little. <laughs> like Dolphins win! Oh, yeah, against the little girls' blind team, man. They squeaked one out. They actually were saying thing, good things about Undante Culpepper. You've got to be kidding me. He sucks. He's embarrassing. Well, he's almost 100%. 100%. I got news for you. If what he's playing is 100, almost 100% now, that doesn't bode well for the future after they get done pounding up on Houston, little girls team. I think the game after that is the one in New England. Boy, that's going to be ugly because the Patriots are going to start getting a little PO'd. I think a lot Belichick's, of games are going to be ugly. Really? Yeah, I want to alter my uh, early season, my, my preseason prediction. I'm thinking like maybe 5-11 and 11 for the Dolphins this season, which means another multi-million dollar loss across the street. 27, oh, anyway, the story I didn't get to yet, did I? What's that? The one that's going to get you so depressed? Great. Well, I'll tell you what, put a big smile on your face and uh, hold it until after the break. The biggest thing is the best talent. This is Radio Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. He loves to watch boobs and butts and boinking. Some political star. 
Getting in your car ain't always cool. So have the chauffeur get in first. Don't you be a fool. Working on a car bomb. They're working on a car bomb, yeah. Turn that key on his Working on a car bomb. New presidents better watch out for those car bombs, yeah. So over the weekend, two great things happened. I discovered that the uh, new Inquirer had already come out here. The one dated October 2. I got some good stuff in there. Katie Fumes over Newsroom Buzz about a potential new co-anchor. And Meredith Vieira is already uh, sparring with Al Roker, okay? She already tried to step on him a couple of times. I uh, got all kinds of good stuff in there in the new Inquirer. Aren't you excited? I'll get to oh, that. And the other good thing that indeed. happened was I discovered Jazz Diet Pepsi. You haven't seen this? No. No. Well, this goes in, I've been telling you for many years now, it's the Chef Boyardee mentality. You take basically the same product, and you jazz it up a little bit in different ways, and you have like 85 sure. varieties. And the more varieties you have, then the more a product you sell. Jazz Diet Pepsi, strawberries and cream. Fraise et creme. Oui. Yeah. See, everything here has got, got to have the label in English and French because of those damn frogs in Quebec. But at any rate, it's pretty good stuff. But I don't know if you're going to like it or not, because you said you don't like cheer. I mean, you got your lemon and lime Pepsi now, and now we got right. um, jazz, and they got the sugar-free. I like that. Mm. <sighs> oh, man. It gives you, like, a real good clean grips. I like that. Anyway, I'll get to the bad news now. Sorry. Couldn't put it off forever. A recent New York Times CBS poll reveals, among other things, that nearly a third of Americans still believe that Iraqi, former Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein was personally involved in the 9-11 terror attack. Oh, my he flew God. one of the jets. I heard he was quarterback in the Jets yesterday. You, you realize, Josh, how many close games there were yesterday? And not because it was good, but because teams are so bad? Just like your game. That, I mean, I disagree with you on that. But A lot of, ba- lot of bad t- games and a lot of bad quarterbacks. Oh, my God. So many bad quarterbacks in so little time. You don't agree with that? No, I, I don't think that there's a lot of bad teams, but... Oh, there are. And yours is one of them. I can't argue with you there. <laughs> Last month, President Bush stated in a press conference that the former Iraqi dictator had nothing to... In fact, we got it. We, we got him saying it. And it doesn't make any difference what he says, what anybody tells them. We can, we can stick it right on there and, you know... What did Iraq have to do with what? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Nobody's ever suggested that the attacks of September the 11th uh, were ordered by Iraq. Last month, he stated in a press conference that the former Iraqi dictator had nothing to do with the attacks, despite previous statements by Vice President Dick Cheney. The Boston Globe in 2003 said Cheney asserted the administration is learning more and more about connections between al-Qaeda and Iraq before 9-11 attacks, surprising analysts and officials at the time who reviewed the real intelligence reports. The White House also has a webpage which credits some of the confusion to former CIA Director George Tenet. The lengthy Times CBS survey of just over 1,000 Americans found was their average IQ. Over 80 questions covering a wide variety of political topics. Highlights, when asked if they approve or disapprove of the way the president's doing his job, 56% disapproved, 37% approved. When asked the same about Congress, 61% disapproved, 25% approved. 60% said things are going worse today than they were five years ago. Only 18% said things were going better. 19% said amends, amends, about the same. Cum si, cum sa. One question asked the respondents was what they thought was the most important problem facing the country today. Given numerous choices, 14% chose the war in Iraq and 14% terrorism in general. 7% said the economy. 4% including Lou Dobbs said immigration. 3% health care. 2% the environment. Education and religious values rated only 1% of the respondents. The highest percentage, 20%, was for other. You know, like other crap. Like not getting laid enough, stuff like that. 
As for the November elections, 96% said they would definitely or probably vote only 3%. Oh, yeah, right. 96% are going to vote. Now, what are they going to say after we have like a 40% turnout? What are the other 56% going to say? Oh, I uh, lied. I lied. Mm -hmm. Talk about giving a PC answer to polls. That goes to show you, polls are full of crap, including ours. They're full of crap. Polls are for Poland. The expectation for November among the respondents was that 54% believed Democrats would win more seats. 32% felt the Republicans would have the upper hand. Probably a hand from the king there in that movie, uh, Tristan is Old. You haven't seen that yet, huh? No, not yet. Now, what is it that you saw that was so bad? Oh, you said you saw Flyboys. Flyboys, yeah. Was, and you yeah, said, damn. Yeah, yeah. And Josh said you should have seen uh, Jackass instead. Really? He called you a jackass for watching that. Both. Well, James, uh, what's his name? Uh, Franco was in it anyway. Mm -hmm. He was all right. He, I mean, you know, he did an He's all right okay. Job. He never stole a freight train. He looks pretty good. Incumbents, however, did not fare well. 77% of the respondents felt it's time to give new peoples a chance. Only 12% supported Congress re-election. 42% felt Democrats were more likely to make the right decision about the war in Iraq. 37% Republicans respondents to better decision-making regarding terrorism of the GOP. 42 versus 37%. Torture, which has been prominently featured in recent news, is never justified in the opinion of 56% of those polled, while 35% said it was sometimes justified, and 5% said it all depends. Abu Ghraib. Whether June Allison's standing by with a fresh box of depends. 59% felt the president is mostly telling the truth but hiding something about how things are going for the U.S. and Iraq, while 12% feel he's telling the entire truth. 25% felt he's mostly lying. When asked if they thought of themselves as evangelical or born-again Christians, nearly a third said yes. 68% said, no. no way, Jose. No way, you crazy bastardo, you. By the way, happy uh, Jewish New Year and happy Ramadan. Thank and you. The pope, and the Pope says he takes it all back. Oh, well, they sure got to him fast, didn't they? He, uh, he is Did sucking he? up heavy duty now, man, to mend those fences, just like Katie Couric was sucking up to Condoleezza last night. That was one of the most disgusting pieces. And if you don't believe the way they manipulate the media and take them over, you don't believe nothing. Just pathetic. It wasn't bad enough they got Danny Rather knocked not only off the news, but also off the 60 Minutes. But now we got this puff piece bitch on there with her black eye who's not only doing the CBS Evening News, but now she's doing suck-up puff pieces on 60 Minutes. Oh, my God. I wish you would have seen that. You'd, be, you'd still be vomiting. I'm glad I did. You'd weigh about four pounds now from just Ooh. puking your guts out overnight. Man, what, what a puff piece. Christ. Why not just come right out and say the, the president's bulldog secretary of state... You know, why, why not say it, huh? Oh, yeah. Lay it right out there, Katie, for right. America and the whole world to know. Good God. Even Mikey knows she's dikey, and he likes anything. That's cute. Brother. Of course, you know, now that we're going to have a gay uh, governor in the state of Florida, Charlie Christ, sure. what's wrong with that? It's going around. See, we're taking over. First the Jews, then the gays. It's part of your homosexual agenda. Then the will be taken over next. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if you want Osama, if he is still alive, it doesn't make any difference. You want Osama, you better elect Obama. Now, he, he's done a couple of things that I thought were like, uh, you know, I mm -hmm. haven't agreed with the last few months. But nevertheless, he's the man. You mark my words, he's going to be big. He's going to be it. huge. Huh? I'm all for it. Yeah, me too. He's got my vote. Certainly better than that swillery. She couldn't, win a she couldn't win a fixed election. Uh -huh. There's too many people. She, You know what she is? She's like the a female Michael Dukakis. Guaranteed loser. Yeah. You can just see the Republicans rubbing their hind legs together like a big grasshopper, just hoping that she gets the nomination. They're praying for it. Is that what they were rubbing? They're rubbing them. Just like Katie Couric was sitting there with Condom Lisa. God only knows what the hell they were scrubbing and rubbing. God. Just how this stuff gets on the air. And I mean, this is these are all over the world. People are watching this like this is a representation of something for real. Like this is for re is real. And, of course, that never got mentioned in there either about the slaughter of all these people, which she's got plenty of blood on her damn hands, too. 
In fact, it would have been appropriate if Katie would have said, well, gee, how come the face and the rest of you seem to be a little black, but your hands are all blood red? That would, that would have been a good question. Yeah, but... But you see, there's very people got the big few big cojones to go off and but like. I want to know. Wait, 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 how many people in the Bush administration have asked this question? Have you ever watched Fox News Sunday, I sir? I believe you asked them that. We asked plenty of questions. You of... didn't ask that. Did... <laughs> Let him have it, Bubba. Stick it to him. Pull out our shiv and just stab him right through the Stay heart of his which I doubt. Because you're not allowed to have a heart if you work on Fox News. Mm -mm. 18 till noon at QM. We got the Mad Dog at 2. The Power Hour. Time to take a real heavy shower with Hank and the Mad Dog. Don't drop the body wash. 4 to 5. Hopper's got two solid hours between 5 and 7. The Marlins were going to have a one-game uh, set in uh, Baltimore, but they decided not to do it. Well, how you got sucked into that? Listen, Josh, man, listen. I'm sorry. No, that's your bad, bad, man. That's your bad. You team. tried to tell me I was wrong. I knew damn well they don't play two games in Philadelphia. They go to Atlanta for one game on a Sunday. Whoever heard of a schedule like that? Huh? Even Bud Light isn't that crazy. And just because Clarence puts it out, see, you're, they're getting to you now. They're starting to get to you. They how much did they pay you to say that? It'll never happen again. 7 to 9, we got Hurricane Hotline at Game Workshops at Sunset Place. 9 to 10, we got Craig Mish tonight. We got between 7 and 10, kind of a mishmash. And then 10 o'clock, it's Eddie K. In fact, the episode that I watched about five minutes at Freaks and Geeks, it was called Noshing and Moshing. Q. Uh, no, it was not. Oh, my God. 17 till noon at QM. And right now, it's time you took the stress and worry out of last-minute hurricane preparation. Don't get caught short again like everybody did during Wilma. And it's still only September, man. We've got a long way to go in hurricane season this year. The Hurricane Shutter Outlet manufacturers easy-to-use accordion shutters. Now they provide you with expert installation, too, if you like. Call them at 954-237-7083. They feature roll-downs, accordions, panels. Just let our friends at the Hurricane Shutter Outlet custom make or even install those shutters for you. Call 954-237-7083 right now and get yourself some real peace of mind and top-notch protection. The Hurricane Shutter Outlet, they're family-owned and operated. They are licensed, insured, and Dave Broward and Palm Beach counties approved as well. They stock all sizes of clear polycarbonate hurricane panels and aluminum panels. Cut to your specifications. They're ready for pickup or they'll deliver them right to you. And like I said, if you like, they'll even install them for you, too. The public and all contractors are welcome. Major credit cards accepted. And if you mention my name, tell them that Neil Rogers told you to call or sent you by. They'll give you 100 bucks off on a minimum order of 350 square feet. The Hurricane Shutter Outlet. Get yourself that protection you've got to have if you live in South Florida. Call 954 237 or log on to Hurricane Shutter Outlet. Com. The biggest names, the best talent, oh, 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 this is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM.
Yeah, but he's sucking up heavy duty now, baby. They want to get along. They want to get along. He wants to stay alive. You don't want no more dead Christians, you know, at least Catholics anyway. Born again Christians, you can kill them. Just not the Catholics, please. That's what he said. You know, I'm going to tell you something. I just got this. Did you send me this? What? This piece of copy? I did. It was in the box, and I sent it along. I already got it. Okay. Thank goodness, because this particular piece, even though you're blaming it on somebody else, did it have like the big black stripe down the middle of it when you got the original copy of it? No. Well, it does now. See, I tried to tell you that before. Okay. But being the hard-ass that you are, you won't listen to whatever I say. You're like my mother. No matter what I say to you, you don't let it goes in one ear and out in the rear. Right. There's a big black stripe right down the middle of it. Time to change cartridges, I'd reckon. There you go. Time is good. <laughs> good thinking. I can't tell you that. I mean, you're... I already got it anyway, thank goodness. And it's a horrible piece of copy. By the way, the new Hank, not Hank Goldberg, but our new Hank, what's his name, Guerrero? I wonder if he's kin to Pedro, okay. do you think? I don't know. I think he's kin to Pedro Guerrero? But at any rate, he's uh, clueless, shoeless and clueless. And I'm telling you, this uh, Chris Jones man we got in sales. Remember the last sales manager, the lump, whatever we call it? What do we call him? Stiffy. Stiffy. That was Hank's name for him, the, the Stiffy. Stiffy is a genius compared to this guy and didn't speak with a southern drawl, y'all. I'm just, you call me a bigot, and I am, but that thing with a southern drawl, I'm always uh, kind of gets the hackles, the hair on my back of my neck up, you know, mm -hmm. if I had any. Wow. We got over 1,100 votes on the poll. Politicians you trust, 1,148, most people say they're all crooks, or at least 34% said that, and, and that's the right answer. Anybody who thinks that there's some altruistic, wonderful uh, person out there just waiting to save us, you're full of crap, man, because they can't get anywhere. Being honest uh, in politics ain't going to get anybody in place. That may be a very, very, you know, cynical view, but it's also the correct one. Jeff Cohen, no, not the pizza guy, the founder of the Media Watch Group Fair and author of Cable News Not Confidential, My Misadventures in Corporate Media. And you know why I love this article? <clears throat> Remember how I used to talk about Crossfire? Remember Crossfire? Yes. And how they always put a real weak liberal on there, starting with that old toad, Tom Braden? This is great. Jeff Cohen writes, for, I'm a smirking chimp, for two decades I've been preoccupied with one issue above all others, that both ends of the political spectrum got their say in the media. One reason among many that I worked so hard to retire George W. Bush in 2004 was my nightmare that a defeated John Kerry would be hired by cable news to represent the left day after day on a TV debate show. Fox News Channel often gets blamed for the standard format that pits forceful, articulate right-wingers against wimpy, halting liberals. Fox's pairing of righty, heartthrob Sean Hannity with backpedaling, barely left-of-center Alan Combs is a prime example of this lopsided format, a mismatch depicted in Al Franken's book, Hannity and Combs. But it's wrong to blame Fox for television-centered right GE to GM spectrum. That format was firmly in place years before there was a Fox News. The real culprits have been CNN and PBS. Take Crossfire, started by CNN 82 as the only nightly forum on national TV, purporting to offer an ideological battle between co-hosts on the left and right. Crossfire's co-host on the left for the first seven years was a haplessly ineffectual centrist, Tom Braden, a guy who makes Alan Combs look like an ultra-left firebrand. In CNN's eyes, Braden apparently earned his leftist credentials by having been a high-level CIA official, ironically enough, in charge of covert operations against the political left of Western Europe. Braden was paired on crossfire with the ultra-rightist Pat Buchanan. During the Braden-Buchanan years, LSD guru Timothy Leary told a reporter that watching crossfire was like watching the left wing of the CIA debating the right wing of the CIA. It may have been Leary's most sober observation ever. I guessed it several times on crossfire with the tired 70-something as my alleged ally. Once as I took my seat on the set, seeing Braden totally caked up with makeup, my first impulse was to reach over to take a pulse. My second impulse was to flee the studio. 
In a 1988 crossfire appearance, when I criticized the conservative tilt of TV punditry and debates restricted to right versus center, Buchanan could not only a feeble defense of Braden. What do you think is sitting next to me? What do you think this is, a potted plant? A healthy ficus, observed a Mother Jones writer, would add more balance. The taboo against genuine progressives, as host, was even clearer when Crossfire needed substitutes on the left and chose, CNN chose Beltway centrists like Jody Powell, President Carter's press secretary, and Morton Kondracki, yes, the guy who's now on Fox, and no, he was no pro more progressive then. These were men who would never declare themselves to be on the left in real life. They seemed to wince when CNN made them say it on television. On both CNN and PBS, one of TV's longest-running stand-ins for the left has been Mark Shields, even while his promo material denied any ideological leanings. Mark Shields is free of any political tilt, they would say. When John Roberts became our country's chief justice, Shields wrote a scalding attack, not on the right-wing judge, whom he actually praised, but on a feminist leader who opposed Roberts. Shields is a smart, articulate guy, but he's no more an advocate for the American left than Mel Gibson is an advocate for reform Judaism. Seeing liberals on TV backpedal night after night in the face of the Buchanans and Hannity's helps create a public image of the American left as weak, evasive, lacking in values, and the American right as clear, form, and moral. Pundit TV is defined not only a skewed spectrum of debate, but a roadmap for defeat of liberal politicians. Just ask Gore and Kerry. Imagine if the American right had been represented year after year on TV, not by the Buchanans and Hannity's, but by Republican pundits allied with Christine Todd Whitman and Arlen Specter, moderates dismissive of their party's activists. Now imagine that the American left had been represented on TV, not by the Bradens, Kinsleys, and Combses, but by progressive pundits like Barbara Ehrenreich and Jim Hightower. Neither scenario is easy to imagine, which says a lot about the real bias of TV news. Oh, there's no bias in TV news. That's why Katie Kirk was on there sucking up to Condoleezza on 60 Minutes last night. Kissy, 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 kissy. Wow. I got that story about Katie. I think it's time to have to break into the Inquirer stuff. Okay. Well, they like that. Yeah, they I like wanna, it. They, they want to stink their teeth into a baby, just like I thought Katie was going to stink her teeth into a Condoleezza. I, I, I'm sure that something was going to happen. Something sexual was going to happen right there on the spot, on the set. Maybe on the piano. Maybe they're going to do it on the piano. You think? It's possible. Because Condoleezza was sitting there tinkling away on the piano. <laughs> tickling the keys. And Katie was tinkling all over. Four minutes till noon at QM. We got the Mad Dog at two. All right. Oh, thank God. It looks after that August month, man, like we made our move just in time. Or maybe, like I said, a little bit too late. Like I've told you, I've been using dry concepts in my home for 21 years, and you wouldn't dream, and neither would I, using anybody else if you've got a brain. Don't trust your carpets to some schlockmeister that you find in the yellow pages. And don't forget, just because you can't see the dirt and mold in your carpet doesn't mean it's in there. It's in there, all right, deep. It's in there deep. In South Florida, we tend to go long periods of time without opening windows, which can breed unhealthy conditions. More reasons to dry clean your carpets on a regular basis. Your carpet lasts longer because it, uh, it takes the f crap out of the fibers deep in your carpet. This copy, I so help me God, I'm going to kill somebody who ever wrote this. It is so bad. Remember what I had to go through to get this copy? Yeah. I, I just I just want to sit here and put my head on the table and cry. I just Don't want to cry. Get it. Huh? Don't cry. Anyway, your carpets stay cleaner longer because they get even the deep down dirt and the fibers of your carpet out, and uh, they will last longer, too. Comes out softer, the colors come out looking brighter, and your house smells lemony fresh afterward. And Dry Concepts has got a plan to make frequent cleaning easy at a fraction of the cost of regular cleaning for you, too. You'll never have a dirty carpet again if you call my good friends at Dry Concepts. They will do it for you, and they'll give you a written guaranteed price up front before they start doing their unbeatable job. Tell them that Hank sent you by, man. They will pee in their pants. That's Hank Guerrero. Call Dry Concepts at 954-370-7778. That's 954-370-7778. Don't forget, clean today, entertain tonight with Dry Concepts. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM. 
This is Mark Morgan. It's the 12 to 1 hour on QAM. At 560 WQAM, your advertising dollars will be well spent in the capable hands of WQAM's crack and sales staff. Hey, Gil. Yeah? I take this call. I gotta steal some cigars. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, this is my big chance. Gil's gonna hit the big time, boy. Hello? Hello. I'm interested in buying spots on the George Rodriguez show. That might not be a good idea. But why? Well, he's not a proven talent, and he can't be proven with only two shows a week, and... Uh, Why isn't he on every day? That would be unacceptable. See, he, he doesn't uphold the high moral standards of the WQAM sales staff. And, well, say, how about some nice tapes? You wouldn't want to buy any spots on reruns of Neil's show, would you? Haven't we already heard all those shows? Well, sure. They're so much easier to sell, and I'd really like to go home now. No, thanks. Wait, wait. We're running a special on old Best of tapes with Alan Burke and Mark Scheinbaum. Hello? Hello? Holler a holler. Oh, not again. Only WQAM has tapes and tapes and tapes and tapes. Buy time on tapes and help make our job easier. 1202, yeah, make it easier. I don't think they got any job anymore. I just looked on the uh, Dry Concepts website, you know, dryconcepts.com. Yeah. This this piece of copy, somebody ought to be behind bars for what they're doing on that radio station. There, there, there needs to be a major... Forget about what's happening in Iraq, what's happening with Iran. Forget about all that. Who killed Cock Robin? There needs to be like a major congressional investigation into what's going on over there. Because this only had the Broward number, and I thought to myself, I'm sitting here wondering, well, is there some kind of a change over there? No, there's not. In Dayton, Palm Beach, they still got the same toll-free number, 1-800-248-5071. And their website is still dryconcepts.com. None of which, of course, made this excuse for a piece of copy. See, that was where I made the first mistake last week when I started bitching yeah. about how come I don't have a. That was where I made the first yeah. mistake. Careful what you wish for. Because copy ain't us with this new regime we got. Seriously, th- th- this is scandalous. You ought to be uh, you ought to be up and running up and down the hall right now, screaming like a like yeah. a child, maybe like a cared. wild person. I beg your pardon. Maybe if I cared. Well, I hate to break the news to you, but some of these accounts I've had on here for like 20 and 25 and 30 years. Oh, no, I, I love them. I do care. I, yeah. I love them. They're great people. And so do I. And I'd like to hang on to what little i got left. Man, oh, man. I'm, i got news for you, okay, Chris Jones, whatever kind of crap you're playing back there. It, it's unacceptable. It is absolutely unacceptable. They, they, they have turned the keys of the kingdom. What have I been telling you since way back early part of the year? And you're like, well, and you're right. I don't care. Sorry. I forgot I don't care. But when it comes to stuff like that. Katie fumes over newsroom buzz about the new co-anchor, says this week's October 2nd National Enquirer. Katie Couric is seething over rumors that her bosses at CBS want to bring in hard-hitting news veteran Christiana Amanpour to boost her sagging ratings. You know that old bag, Christiana Amanpour? See, uh, who just turned 95? What was that? Oh, my uh, lunch. Christiana, 48, who don't look a day over 98 has worked for CBS's 60 Minutes, might be tapped as a special correspondent or in what would be a major embarrassment to 49-year-old Katie as her co-anchor on the CBS Evening News, sources say. Oh, my God. Christiane is a taboo subject around Katie, said the source. Katie hates being compared to a hands-on newswoman who does more than look cute and read the news out loud. Out loud. 
While her much-hyped and publicized September 5 debut put CBS in first place in the network evening news race, she slipped to third place by 9-11. She took back the lead the next day, but it's questionable whether viewers will stick with her, and of course they did not. To be fair, it's too early to know if Katie will turn out to be the ratings miracle they're banking on, other CBS insider told the Inquirer. In the newsroom, Katie is all smiles, but the last thing Katie wants to hear is buzz about a secret backup plan, including Christiane Amanpour. Although Christiane has a contract with the Atlanta-based CNN, her name has been floating around at CBS since the summer when a top-secret survey revealed that viewers favored Christiane over Katie as a trusted news source. Trusted news source, my ass. Katie Couric is a trusted news source? <laughs> CBS denies any survey took place as the insider, but the whispers suggest that Katie can't pull off a ratings win without a solid news report around her team. But what bothers Katie even more than introducing Christiane as an evening news correspondent is the idea that CBS could bring her into New York periodically to co-anchor the program. For the time being, CBS is sticking with Katie, said the source, but the world of television, you can never say never. They're sticking with her. She's been on what, like three weeks? Not that they're panicking, you understand. <laughs> I will. <laughs> oh. Seriously, is, is that Hank uh, Guerrero anywhere around there? Because if he is, I, I'm authorizing you right now to put a bullet in where his brain is supposed to be. Okay. okay. I mean, this is, it's just amazing to me. We have people who don't get it. And this is what happens when you bring in people off the street, when you have a revolving door and you say, poof, you're a sales pole, you know? Poof, you're a salesman. They haven't got the foggiest idea what it's all about. And I take it back. I do care. I'm starting to care again. That's bad news, but I do care. I'm, I'm, I'm just nauseated. What kind of flowers do you like? Pansies. Of course. Lilacs. <laughs> lilacs, right straight from across the lake, baby, in Rochester, from Cobbs Hill and Durant Eastman Park. I like them lilacs. Mmm, <laughs> schmeck's good. How about tulips? Almost as good. Are you going to start with that crap again? <laughs> there he starts again. I've got two sets of lips. Jazz Diet Pepsi, baby. Indulge your senses. Exalte vos sin. It's, and it's also got natural and artificial flavors. It's got a lot of, a lot of those chemicals in there. Mm-hmm. To make sure that your tumor grows nice and, like, uh, big and round. Strawberries and cream, jazz and Pepsi. It's good stuff. You never heard of it, did you? Nope. See? Always turning on to these great new products. Meredith Vieira is already sparring with Al Roker. Today's show weatherman Al Roker isn't pleased after his first on-air run-in with Meredith Vieira. In the first 30 minutes at her new job... About 30, man! Meredith compared the good-natured Al to a dead hamster. Meredith put Al on the spot by saying, I'm especially fond of you because I had a hamster named Al when I was growing up. Al, a 10-year veteran of the show, seemed to be taken off guard and blurted out, Oh, really? <laughs> Big Al, continued Meredith. Yes, he did die. Hamster named Big Al. Al tried to get into the spirit of the strange story by commenting, He went toes up. He's in a coffee can in your backyard, okay? Matt Lauer stepped in to change the subject, but behind the scenes, Al was embarrassed and thought he and Meredith had gotten off on the wrong foot. Al was also aware that in an interview prior to joining the show, Meredith had praised Matt and Ann Curry, but never even mentioned him. Al sees himself as far more than a weatherman. He considers himself the glue that holds the team together, often providing the humor that tightens the heavy moments, explained the source. He felt the hamster story wasn't especially funny, and that Meredith wasn't showing him the respect he deserved. Oh, lighten up, Al. Yeah, he did. Now, here's my favorite picture. Of course, there's a lot of pictures here that I wish we could show. Just look in the speaker in your radio. Okay. Hold it up. Grammy. Grammy-winning hip-hop hottie Fergie and her Black Eyes Peas bandmate Apple the App kick off the NFL season with a performance of their Jump Up and Dance hit song, Let's Get It Started. My God, is there any hope for the human race? No. None. Put her out of her misery, baby. Sounds like she's in big pain. 
Uh-oh. More stress for Christy Brinkley as her daughter collapses. Any interest? No. no. Your girlfriend Jessica is in a meltdown. Setback sends Tinger uh, Singer into a tailspin. We're here for you, Jessica. A series of emotional and career setbacks overwhelmed Jessica Simpson and left her friends worried that she was close to a meltdown. The singers had to deal with one staggering blow after another. Her love affair with rocker John Mayer, her first real romance since divorcing Nick Lachey, blew up because John couldn't stand the intense publicity. Critics panned her new CD, and sales have been disappointing. She couldn't sing or write about paper sack. No. And to make matters worse, a vocal cord injury hampered her singing during the all-important first week of promotional appearances. Her Today Show performance was a disaster. She barely got through two numbers of a three-song set, said the close source, who reveals pals are worried Jessica's been headed for a total meltdown. Meanwhile, ex-husband Nick's new album took off faster than hers, and he ended up soaking her in their divorce settlement, which we told on Friday. Yeah, true. While she initially offered him 1.20, yeah, we know that. He ended up with about $10 million in cash and assets. As Jessica faced one of the darkest periods of her young life, the support group she had come to rely on was no longer available in force. And it goes on, poor Jessica. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nick and Vanessa are almost inseparable. We'll get to that later on. Nick and Vanessa. Are we excited about that? No. <laughs> Star Jones' husband walks out. Who could blame him? Yeah. Al Reynolds, who was in with his male buddy. <laughs> Mel Gibson's daughter weds and everyone stays sober. <laughs> I bet you she didn't marry that, a Jew. I'll news. guarantee you that. Oh, there's... Huh? <laughs> that's pretty Comedian safe, Will Ferrell uh, feels the love at Toronto's film festival. Here he gets kissed on both cheeks. Dustin Hoffman on the left, Emma Thompson on the right. His co-stars in the upcoming comedy Stranger Than Fiction. Which looks really bad. Yeah. Well, he's in it. Right, you're a big Will Ferrell fan. I'm I like Will Ferrell, but... I never saw him again. It'd be just soon enough really for bad. me. Robin Williams leaves rehab to save his marriage. And if he ever makes another movie, be sure to miss that. God. Very funny guy. He's another one of those guys. Funny guy, but movies, his movies are pathetic. El Stinko. Man. He made Good Morning Vietnam, and that's when he should have said, let me go back to stand-up. Steve Irwin, death photos, and then there's got three uh, pictures here, which we find out are artist recreation. They're not photos after all. Hmm. What really happened to the crocodile hunter, Cracky? He pulled out the barb, and next minute he's gone. Hmm. He reached in there and yanked it out. Reunited and feels so good. Josh and Fergie. Anybody care about them? Josh, I don't even know how to say his name. Duhamel? Nobody knows who they are. I don't know. Seventh Heaven said, turns into hell on earth. Well, there's a uh, picture, obviously some uh, five or six years old. George Stultz. Wow. It's an old picture. He don't look so good. He's got all wrinkled up. Now he's got uh, Jason Gedrick syndrome. Old before his years. The mood on the set of Seventh Heaven is hellish these days. After 10 years on the air, budget cuts have resulted in less rehearsal time and longer workdays for the show's stars, and they're at each other's throats. They're at each other's throats. I didn't even know they were still on the air. It was canceled after last season, after a 10-year run, but network executives changed their minds and brought it back again. Everyone seems sick of working with each other, said the insider, and they're at each other's throats. Whitney is devastated as plan to get Bobby back backfires. <laughs> oh... Man, the stuff that we're supposed to care about. And Vanessa Manillo, which the exciting part of it is that Josh actually knows who that is. Manillo. Right. Manillo. That's right. Well, scusa me. Me scusi. Vanessa Manillo's White Hot Romance with Nick Lachey is getting a chilly reception from her bosses at Entertainment Tonight. They recently came down pretty hard on Vanessa, and I bet you he did too. Part of the problem is that she's been taking too much time off since her relationship with Nick began. And they're getting really P.O.'d about that, plus the fact that she's really Mia's. She's mousy-looking, and, oh, brother, he can do a lot better than that. You can do better than that, Nick. I'm Go sorry. back to Jessica. I beg your pardon? That, that's probably one of the most ridiculous comments I've ever heard you say. What? Well, the you picture know, of her may be bad very picture. bad, okay? Maybe it's a bad picture. Send him a good he, one, would you, Josh? 
Do you like pictures of her here? And and not one of the three of them. I wouldn't. You wouldn't give her a second look if she really looked like this. Now maybe she looks. I know who exactly. I know exactly who she is, and I'll give her ten looks. Yeah. Well, I'll give him a look or two too. How do you like that? Just to balance it out. He's getting kind of schmutzy now. I wouldn't touch him with your hand. Now James Franco. That's another story. How about Francisco Franco? Yeah. How about, How about Franco American? Come on, any votes? Did Hank come in and apologize yet for that piece of turd copy? No. Hey, Hank. The best talent. Here's another this one for you, sweetheart. Sports Radio 560 QAM. Neil This is Dan Rather, formerly of CBS Evening News, now of something called HDNet. Well, you can see every freaking pot mark in my face. But it's the only gig I could get, so so be it. Anyway, you may have heard that some girl has taken my spot on the CBS Evening News. Now, unless you've been living under a rock, you know it's Katie Couric. I've only met Katie once. She spat upon me. Not on purpose, perhaps, but she pops her peas. And when she does, spit flies in every direction. Let's just hope the cameramen are wearing sneeze shields. Do not take my complete and total honesty for bitterness. Well, okay, take it for bitterness. They put me out to pasture. And Kitty Couric sits there in my chair with my butt imprint and says, we're going to give you a different way to look at the news. Well, Katie, I'm here to tell you, that's how I wound up working for HDNet. I say stick to the facts. Short of that, lose your top and pierce your nipples because you ain't got a prayer. Here's hoping Brian Williams grabs you by the feet and eats you like a shrimp. Dan Rather reporting, formerly of CBS News. Now catch me on HDNet sometime between 1 and 3 in the morning. Christ. Funny past noon. Don't take the Lord's name in vain like that, Danny Boy. They'll yank your ass off the air. Anyway... DNC Chairman Howard Dean is applauding President Bill Clinton for standing up to Fox News' right-wing bullying and propaganda machine. How do you like that? Mm -hmm. In that heated interview which aired yesterday morning on Fox. Now, see here. In the show. You did your nice little conservative hit job on me. What I want to know is... No, wait, wait, wait. wait, 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 You don't think that's a legitimate question? It was a perfectly legitimate question, but I want to know... How many people in the Bush administration have asked this question of? Do you ever watch Fox News Sunday, sir? I don't believe you asked them that. We asked plenty of questions. Of... You didn't ask that, did you? No, you did not. You right-wing suck-up. In a statement t- sent to Ross Story, he declares that President Clinton did exactly what Democrats need to do in this election. I told you, Howie's the man, baby. We got Joe Bell. We need Howard Dean. We got Joe and Chris Jones, man. I'd rather have Joe Jones. Remember Joe Jones? You talk too much. You nope. talk too much. Yeah, you do. I bet you got that song right there. Probably. In your, uh, little stash of crap. Howie Dean says Democrats need to stand up to the right-wing propaganda machine and tell the truth, man. There you go. Joe Jones and Chris Jones and Hank Guerrero, man, and a bunch of Parvissima Glam we got back there at sales. Ought to be doing 10 to 20 for impersonating a sales group. Man, oh, man. Shameless. Why does that keep doing that? Oh, because I keep stopping it. Oh. Washington, yeah, because you're trying to screw me up. Washington Republicans attempt to twist history and recast the truth. Do not help us win the war on terror or bring us closer to capturing Osama Yamama, the mastermind of the 9 attacks, Dean continued. President Clinton stood up to the misleading tactics of the right-wing propaganda machine, Dean said. As the national intelligence estimate that was reported on today showed, the Iraq war and the Bush administration's failed policies have hurt our credibility to win the war on terror. In fact, made us more susceptible. The world is a more dangerous place. Did it take a genius to figure that out? No. No, it did not. Let's see. And look, uh, I think we're going to change the uh, cartridge in there. Your cartridge? 
No, there's nothing wrong with my cartridge. Don't you understand? I just put a new toner cartridge in there a couple of days ago. It's not on this end. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. All right. Not on this end. There's, all right. Well, let me ask you something. When was the last time there was a technical problem on this end? What, what, what century that, was that, that in? doesn't mean it's not going to happen someday. But it hasn't happened yet, and it isn't happening now, okay? There's, there's it no... isn't happening now. Brown cow, say, repeat after me. Okay, but there's really nothing a machine can do to generate that line on this end. Okay, I'll tell you what. Have Eric fax me something, okay? All right. Anything. You're telling me that this... And didn't you tell me on the log that there were all these black lines before anyway, before you sent it to me? No, no. On, I on said the there were white lines. We kept going back and forth. I said that it's faded out. The lines that they were giving me were faded out. Please add this to your website list, downingstreet.org, and Neil will love it. Okay, whatever you say. Are you going to have Eric uh, fax me something? Just, just a fax. I just told him. Bush's church urges pull out of U.S. troops from Iraq. How do you like that? Bush's church says, when in doubt, pull them out. And the troops, too. President Bush's own church has called for the withdrawal of troops from Iraq and is urging direct action to end the war. Writes Mark Schof, Jr., United Methodist Church leader, helped launch a week of protest and civil disobedience against the war in Iraq by signing a declaration of peace in the capital, urging President Bush to pull U.S. troops out of the country. The declaration of peace signed on September 21st is described as a call for nonviolent action when the war in Iraq. The Washington, D.C. event was one of 350 states nationwide to promote the peace initiative. More than 500 groups, almost half of them faith organizations, are involved in the Declaration of Peace ever, which recently retired Bishop Susan Morrison said includes acts of moral witness to seek a new course for our country. We need a moral witness. We need the parliaments to sing, I want to testify. By signing the peace document in front of the White House, the United Methodists and other protesters also hope to influence congressional races in November 2006 by forcing candidates to outline where they stand in the war. Speakers at the D.C. rally accused the president of lying about Iraq, possessing weapons of mass destruction, and launching what they called an illegal offensive. Better late than never. Our demand as a movement is to end the war now, said Bishop Morrison. The declaration calls the situation in Iraq an endless fire consuming lives, resources, and the fragile possibilities of peace. And this all coming, by the way, while the generals are telling Rumsfeld that they need billions more for the army, and they're way, way billions short, and that he's a crazy person. You see that? I saw it. Where's that fax, Eric? He said it would take him a minute because his machine's got to warm up, whatever that means. Thirty-four protesters attempting to deliver the peace statement to Bush in an act of civil disobedience, uh, disobedience were arrested and charged with disorderly conduct. None of the United Methodist protesters participated in that portion of the day's activities. The Declaration of Peace Initiative provides a way for the faithful to vent their anger about Iraq, Morrison said. There are a lot of frustrated United Methodists out there who don't know where to channel it. They're pissed off and fired up. They like that. His own church says, cut the crap, W, and they won't do it. They won't cut the crap. Of course not. Downingstreet.org. Be sure to add that. Frank Rich writes, stuff happens again in Baghdad. Oh, this is long. Do I have time to read it now? No. Before the break? Of course no. not. I do have time to read How Can Any Christian Support the GOP. That's a good idea. By Gary Vance in your pants. I'll take a chance. This was on uh, Smirkling Chimp. All right. Should any Christian support the current version of the GOP? This might seem like an odd question, considering how so many have come to think GOP stands for God's own party. The evidence refuting this notion, I don't have time to do this. Okay. See, why did you let me start doing that? I don't know. I didn't know how long it was. Sabotage. And Eric still hasn't sent the facts. Now, there's a lot riding on this facts when this comes over my machine. If it's my machine, it's got a recently put in there brand new, um, what do you call it, drum? Drum. It might just need to be uh, shooken or something. Shaken. Well, let me ask you this. If that's the case, how come the log came through there like nice and pristine, Christine? Huh? I don't know. Maybe uh -huh. he wasn't doing it then. Who wasn't, wasn't doing anything it? different? 
Okay, we'll see. I did, for what it's worth, I just uh, unplugged, plugged ours back in, took the cartridge out, shook it around. I'm going to tell you, you know that Hank Guerrero in sales? Yes. I would take that plug, have him drop his pants, bend right over, and stick that plug and the whole of the fax machine right there. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Hugh Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM. will try to broker a ceasefire to bring an end to two weeks of fighting that has killed over 370 Lebanese and almost 40 Israelis. She is to world affairs what Katie Couric is to uh, journalism, okay? You got it, Condoleezza? Did she fix her teeth at some point? Who's that, Condoleezza? Condoleezza, are they still all gappy? No, no, she's got all new teeth now. In fact, I think she took some of them piano keys (laughs) and she snapped them on her. I guarantee you that one or both of them had an orgasm during that interview last night on 60 Minutes. Gee. Maybe both. Anyway, I got uh, Eric's facts, and I hate to break the news to you, as usual. You know, I just, no wonder your mother hates you like poison. That's all I, and your wife, and your kids, Mm -hmm. and your dog. Right. Here it is from Eric, and this page is as white as your pasty face, other than the print on there, which I read very clearly. It has no black stripe. It's got no smudging, no mudging, no problem. It's it's a clean machine, man. I'm trying to tell you this. Okay. And yet everything you just... Haven't you been there long enough to realize that everything in that place is a piece of turd? Don't you understand that? I I do understand that. Don't you get it? Haven't you had enough experience with that machine there, man, sitting to your left, that piece of crap? But see, that's not generally the way things work. Except at WQAM. In fact, you know something in life, uh, and, and that's pretty much the way it goes. Things, the way things work in life, are generally not the way they work at QAM. A lot of fax machines will p- print a stripe on your page. Just like when you ask somebody for a piece cartridge. of copy for an account that you've been doing oh, yeah. for over 20 years on the air, and that they would go back and they really would make sure that they had all the correct information on there, instead of just putting a bunch of words on a piece of paper to try to pacify me, which is the new routine there with the sales crew. And by the way, when was the last time Chris Jones came in there with those updates on how all these accounts are vanishing like crazy in the air? Yeah. This is not just a gang that couldn't shoot straight. This is a gang that ought to be shot is what it is. Shot. As in Marge. Remember her? Josh does. Yeah. And you remember Marge shot. Sure. sure. So there it is. A nice clean page. To Neil Rogers in Toronto, September 25th. Bye-bye. Thanks, Eric, for justifying my existence, okay? Because I've always got to keep proving this to you. It's not on this end. Don't you understand? God, you're you're still not 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 hearing it. 
No, I heard what you're trying to say, that there's no way that you can generate that. Well, guess what? Something in that machine, that there's, Ron. There's no way, but that's not usually the case. When you've got a print thing like that, it's usually on your printer end. But it's always on that end. This isn't the first time this has happened. This has happened many, many, I would say... About 30, man. About 30,000 times this has happened. It's always on that end. Don't ask and I won't tell. Am I, am I supposed to be some kind of a maven on fax machines, on generating uh, black lines on white pages? What the hell do I know about such crap? I don't know. All I know is I have two fine uh, machines here, man, both identical, and they both work just fine. You know what I'm saying? What do you oh, think? we're fine. I'm saying cut the crap. Okay, how many, how many votes we got on here? Cut the crap, Hank Guerrero. By the way, I want that child in there tomorrow morning before the show. Okay, I was plugging the fax machine back in. I'm, I'm just telling you. I, I, I want to have a discussion because this, this uh, you know, I may say to you I don't care, but there are certain things that you can't not care about. When people are spending their hard-earned money and some jackass back there just thinks that by putting a bunch of words on a piece of paper that that's getting a job done. Bringing somebody off the street, okay, and putting them at a desk doesn't make them a salesperson, okay, Chris? I hate to break the news to you people. That's not the business. That, that's not the life we have chosen. Maybe it's the life that you have chosen. I, what I want you to do is, at 2 o'clock, I want you to call Greyhound, and I want you to find out how much it is for a one-way, <laughs> listen to me, for a one-way trip to Raleigh, North Carolina, from, from uh, Miami, okay? I'll pay for the ticket, okay? Put it on my credit card. Does it have to be a bus? Pack up two salami sandwiches with Swiss, make sure it's trafe, 1,253 votes on the poll. The politician I trust the most, none of them, they're all crooks, 429, over a third, over a third I got... The wisdom to say that and the courage. The cajones, man. The big balls. The big sweaty balls to say it. Bill Clinton, 279. He's still PO'd. Tell the truth. The call? Tell the truth. I, I, with, with Did the you Iraq ever ask that? There's plenty of stuff to ask. Did you ever ask that? <laughs> Al Gore, 128. Russ Feingold, 112. Barack, uh, Bob Graham got 78. They wouldn't listen to little Bobby, you know. Barack Obama, 45. You mark my words, man. He's the dark horse, and that's not a play on his uh, skin color. He ain't that dark. He's the, uh, he's the man. Can you even imagine Barack Obama with Howard Dean as his running mate? How do you like that? That would work. That sound like a great ticket? I like it the other way around, personally. But Barack that, Obama, yeah. what? Oh, yeah, fat chance. How about Barack Obama <laughs> with John Edwards as his running mate? Get a Yahoo in there. You get that Southern vote. Aye. What do you think? Sure. Of course, you got a black at the top of the ticket. Oh, and also, I got that story about George Allen. Not only did he like uh, keep it a big dark secret about his mother being Jewish, but also the N word seemed to be one of his favorites when he was in school. Really? George Allen from Virginia. What a surprise! Is that the Macaca guy? That's the Macaca guy. Teammates say Allen used the N word in college a lot. He repeatedly used the N word and demonstrated racist attitude toward blacks in the early 70s, as if that's some kind of a surprise, that a drooling redneck Yahoo from Virginia, like George Allen, is a, is a bigot, is a racist bastard. Macaca my ass. I'll bet. I'm sending you a test. A test page? Yeah, because I unplugged now, the machine. Let me, let me, Josh, are you, are you observing Check what's going up. on here? I'm, I'm observing. Now, I got a page from Eric on a fax, okay? It was clean and pristine. Never mind, Eric is sending okay? it from a computer. Not that that should make a difference. Don't you understand? The, the, the fax is coming on a piece of paper in right. my machine, man, right. okay? So no matter who's generating it or where, if there's a problem in my machine, it's still going to generate the same big, dark, black, ugly line right down the middle so I can't read a damn thing, okay? Okay. And here's, here's your testes, and it's got a big black line down the middle, okay? Yeah, from your machine. All right. Time to get a new one. 
<laughs> you don't need a new machine. It's got. You need a new uh, cartridge in there. Maybe it needs a new. I don't know. I don't even remember what the hell that thing looks like. Nor do I want to know what it looks like. It's beige, kind of an almond. I think it looks like some of the stuff on that Chinese restaurant menu. No, not like that. Not that shriveled. Uh oh, there he is again. He's uh, foaming at the mouth. They did not try. I tried. So I tried and failed. There he is. He just. I, I love it. It's about time somebody got mad. You know, like Howard Beale said, I don't know what to tell you what to do, but first you got to get mad, right? Isn't that what he said, Josh, in that movie you love? That's what he said. First you got to get mad. That's what you got to do. And then you got to go to the window, open it up, and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Oh! 262 votes. None of them, they're all crooks. Can I get back to the poll? I just would like to read it once. 435. Bill Clinton, 279. There he is. He's foaming at the mouth. He's got purple rage, according to Miss Fudge. Yeah, I'm sure Miss Fudge has seen... A few things that are... He's seen the color purple. Mm-hmm. Al Gore, 130. Russ Feingold, 112. Bobby Graham, 78. Barack Obama, 45. George W. Bush, 35. 2.7% of the audience. The politician they trust most is George W. Bush. Call, and, call the sales and see if we can get a group lobotomy for those 2.7%. John McCain, 28. Waffler, sellout. I hate this poll, 26. Yeah, he's against the torture unless, uh, you know, he, unless it's politically expedient, John McCain. Right. What a sellout. Elliot Spitzer, the Attorney General of New York, who's going to be New York's next governor, by the way, and will be the next president, 26. And you're saying, who the hell ever heard of Elliot Spitzer? How can he be president? Whoever heard of Jimmy Carter? Whoever heard of Bill Clinton? See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're right. Rudy Giuliani, 21. No chance. They're going to take Bernie Carrick and wrap him around his neck like a noose. Ted Kennedy, 17. John Kerry, 12. Boy, he doesn't do well in any of these polls. The, you know, considering the fact that he won the election, Nancy Pelosi, 9. Nobody dares come to our country and speak about our president like that. Oh, God. Mealy mouth bitch. Hillary Clinton, seven. Just plain bitch. Arlen Specter's got a pair. He's got two bullets. They're both on the stretcher there at Parkland Hospital. And Bill's fist has got one. Yeah, he's re honest and trustworthy. There's the guy that sold a stock that he didn't know he had. Just before it went in the tank, you know, he didn't know he had it. But he knew enough about it to make sure he unloaded it. Bill Fist has one out of uh, 1,266 votes. We're going to do like 1,400, I think, today, maybe. Close to it. On a Monday? Right. On, on, on the first day of uh, Ramadan and right after, and right between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And I got news for you. After seeing those numbers here at QAM, every day is Yom Kippur. Believe me. The biggest names of this is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. Okay. I do, I do, I do now. I do, I do. She knows all I am is hungry for every girl in this world that ever has winked at me. Sure, I lie, I betray. So this breakup I feel is the best thing for me. Those strippers are fine. Absolutely. I feel a thousand sensations when they seduce me, oh Jessica. I do cheat on you. Yes. I'll spend the rest of my life finding another hot wife. I do cheat on you. Cheating's hard to control. I guess I'm just an a-hole. I've waited to say this to you. If you think this breakup's leaving me crushed. 
Yes, you can. That 10 million might soothe a few wounds. And I guarantee you, he was cheating on her for a long time, and not just with girls either. Really? Well, you know, he wears an earring and eats nut. 1247, 13 to 1. And by the way, I have no idea why you wasted another sheet of my fax paper well, because with Jesse's um, number two. I took it all apart, apart and I used an air hose. An air, air hose? Can, you know. shoved a uh, in there. I spritzed it out. Well, I will say this for you. The uh, black lines down the middle are somewhat less than they were before. I mean, it's still there, but it's not quite as dark as oh. it used to be. Kind of like when they airbrushed the OJ picture on the front of Time magazine. Well, then maybe, maybe I'll do it again to be more thorough. Yeah. I blow a little harder this time, okay? <laughs> maybe stick the Chew. in there a little bit deeper this time. There you go. When in doubt, clean that baby out. And, of course, all of these things contributing. Here's the evidence, you know, like if we were on, in a court of law. Here's the evidence. See, he's blown it out, and it's cleaning its act up on it. And the fact that Eric sent me was so the page was so clean, man, you could have had lunch right off of it. That's how clean it was. Nice really? going, Eric. Thanks. Even though, of course, he had to warm up his machine a little bit. <laughs> I, I, you know. I picture this hand-crank Russian made yeah. with tubes. That's correct. Well, he's in Orlando. You're forgetting now. They don't have all that uh, newfangled technology there yet. You know, like fax machines, <laughs> things like that. Don't be knocking Eric, okay? That's Josh's department. Leave that to him. And just in honor of that, I'm going to send Josh 400 stories for that. As a matter of fact, I think you're good right now. I think you're pretty much done. Aren't you excited about that? No, because I know you're lying. <laughs> well, no, I mean, look, if they're, if, okay, Zach, you're going to fix your ass. Going to fix your ass, man. I'll send you 600 stories. I'm going to send you stories from the Weekly Reader, from Reader's Digest, from uh, Better Homes and Gardens, from Men's Life. That'll teach you. Men's Life. You know the kind of people who read that magazine. Yay. Why don't all the Democrats do what Bill Clinton did, right? Senk Uger. He's co-host of the Young Turks, the first liberal radio show to air nationwide. Began as Sirius Satellite Radio's first original program and is now nationally syndicated and available on iTunes. Oh, and speaking of iTunes, what happened to all our stuff on our uh, My... Did we find out about that on MySpace? Find out about what? How come everything disappeared on our MySpace page? Oh, let me check it. What do you mean, let me check it? It's going to still be the same. It's like uh, clean and pristine, like all the... uh, They were probably doing some maintenance that happens a lot. Oh, at MySpace? Yeah. Well, screw them, your mama. Your mama so socks in hell, you idiots, you lunatics. In addition to which, yesterday we had 619 friends. Now we got 618. We lost one. Maybe somebody died. Hmm. Maybe it's, chicken. It's, it's all back. It is? Yeah. Oh, told you. Anyway, this is short and sweet, right to the point of what we were both just saying moments ago. Is there anyone who watched the Bill Clinton interview on Fox News Channel who didn't cheer? Is there anyone who thought, wow, that seems like a bad idea. I wouldn't want to do that. No, everyone loved it. So if everyone loved it, why don't all the Democrats aggressively challenge the right-wing media like this? Amen. It's about freaking time. What are they afraid of? There's no excuse for not taking these guys on. We have the facts on our side. We should be crushing them like this on a daily basis. And, sir, you happen to be... Absolutely correct, sir. Sank. The reason everyone is having such a positive reaction to how Bill Clinton took on Fox News Channel during the interview is because we're starved for it. All the current politicians do is soft-pedal and capitulate. Kick their ass for the love of God. We love it. Aren't politicians supposed to do things that appeal to people? I know one other Clinton who might be able to learn a thing or two from this Clinton. Now that he's led the way again, please pick up on his cue. In fact, as Marcellus Wallace would say in Pulp Fiction, pick up a lead pipe and blowtorch and let's go to work on these guys. <laughs> I love it. If you didn't see the Clinton interview, then it's got some clips on it. We've seen it. Anybody who hasn't seen it has been, been busy watching football. Watching Michigan State blow a 400-point lead against Notre Dame. But at least my boy Brady Quinn came through. See, I can always say that, right? Even though I don't believe that. How can you keep turning? I mean, just, there are just some teams that have a curse, you know. And Michigan State always blows big leads to Notre Dame. They, and, of course, they, they, what happens is they get on the bat phone with the Pope, and he says a couple of brochas like that, and then they put the curse. They put the Vatican curse on there, even though the game was right there in East Lansing. Same thing with the Patriots and the Broncos, man. Jake Plummer's got their number. He's probably got naked pictures of Tom Brady. 
and I'd like to see him. 1,288 votes on the poll. We'll have right up around 1,300 by the top there. We can do 14 today. Wouldn't that be nice to start out the week with 1,400? That'd be something. And by the way, we can sure use a lot more poll ideas. We've got some good ones here still from Sean on that last. Uh, thank you very much, Sean. God bless you. But it ain't easy. You're right about that. That's the only tough thing. It is. Plus, following another sports show, that's not easy either. Boy, I'll tell you, that August month, wow. Did you see what we had in the morning in August? At least yeah, we had a one something. Holy moly, a one eight, I believe. Men? I don't know. We, we, we could do that. L- listen, we could play that all day. From 6 to 10 in the morning, you'd be better than a one eight. Not even the song, just the intro. Yeah, that's right. Just put on endless loop and just play the, uh, the instrumental intro of Blind Melon. Show's been rained out. Now, why would you think I didn't like Blind Melon? I've played that before. Uh, I don't know, because I'm not that Well, I'm not it. talking about you. I'm talking about Josh. He was no, taken aback. He I'm... was shocked. Well, because I know your music taste is old. Yeah. Yeah. So I was well, like, something new. not exactly Woo-hoo. brand new. It's, it's not new. That's I not know. New. It's 90s, buddy. It's my yeah. time. Don't worry. So what's wrong with that? Is. But if you think I'm going to sit here and start playing hip-hop crap, say, hey, that rules, man. You're crazy. I'm not playing that garbage. I I don't disagree with you. Well, good. Good. Thank God for that. I always knew, I always knew somewhere there was like a ray of hope. Can I please read this article by very Gary Vance in your pants? I wonder if he's kind of David Vance. You know, Dave Vance used to drive at Buffalo Raceway and Batavia Downs? No. You know, that would be a real hoot someday, is to, like, rent a car and drive down to Buffalo and drive down to Hamburg to Buffalo Raceway. Wouldn't that be something? I wonder how Duff is doing the destroying that account there at Pompano Park. I wonder if they're still open. I wonder if my buddy Wally Hennessy is still having a great year. Nice going, eh, Wally? What a percentage he's got. I know it's been, I'm sure you've been watching that. I'm sure he's not getting parked a whole mile like Brad Kramer out there. Come on, Brad, hit him again. Beat him. Whip him. See, don't start with that harness racing trivia, man. You just blow the whole audience away when you do that. That's bad. It's really what? bad. Next, you're going to be talking about Hollis and Billy Rieger on here, and then the audience is really going to get upset. Gary Vance says, should any Christian support the current version of the GOP? This might seem like an odd question, considering how many have come to think GOP stands for God's own party. The evidence refuting this notion has become overwhelming. The time has come for Christians of every stripe to reconsider whom they endorse and vote for. Many Democratic candidates have become more open about their religious faith during this election cycle in an attempt to appeal to a Christian values-driven voting bloc. Critics on the right ridicule this effort as being nothing more than shallow and insincere religious grandstanding. These skeptics are obviously fearful that even a minor exodus from the ranks of the once-loyal army of conservative Christian voters will cost them dearly. They should be afraid, very afraid. The GOP record has become so broadly defiled that every genuine Christian should readily disavow support for the Republican agenda. Is the Democratic agenda any more compelling to voters with Christian values than the Republican one? The answer is yes. In spite of the fact that many Christians view most Democrats as being on the wrong side of issues like abortion and gay marriage, those same Christians need to wake up and realize our Republican Congress and President haven't passed or even proposed significant legislation on those volatile issues. The Democratic positions on poverty, health care, human rights, the environment, minimum wage, torture, and equality for all citizens are much more compatible with genuine Christianity than what the GOP offers. The GOP has been perpetually deceiving Christian voters with empty talk and promises. Meanwhile, they go about their dirty business of encouraging the rape of our environment, waging an unnecessary war under false pretense, illegally spying on American citizens while immorally detaining and torturing prisoners in secret gulags. They do all this while cutting taxes for the wealthy, denying a living wage to the working poor, creating unprecedented national debt and slashing funding for vital programs assisting the poor, sick, and elderly. This is the harvest reaped from six years of our Republican-controlled federal government. Jesus said we would recognize his followers by their fruit. Democrats can and will do better. What do you say Jesus was a fruit? Jesus Christ 
There's nothing Christian about this current perverted version of republicanism. GOP insistence on flying the Christian flag over greed and evil of this magnitude only shows them to be cynical hypocrites at best and blatantly antichrist at worst. El Anticristo, baby. Oh, my God. George W. is the antichrist. How do you like that? Is that like El Diablo? El Diablo. That's that. Here you go. You go, baby. He says they want to kill him. Yep. There you go. Oh, and guess who says he would like to meet him now? Who? Noam Chomsky. That's it. Noam Chomsky. That's it. No, not Noam Chomsky. Oh, you know, I did, I did uh, Google again on that uh, Mo Howard David thing on Wikipedia. Yeah. Now, maybe automatically mine goes to, like, wikipedia.ca or something. I don't know. But at any rate, uh, I did see that. It's cute. Yes. It was very cute. Although mine still has got those caustic comments about you and the fact that, although you did a hell of a July, man. August, they got a little tired of you. Now, actually, the whole station was way down in August. You can't, when a whole thing goes down like that, means we just didn't get any diaries. They got some wired diaries across the street. You know what I mean? Well, maybe like this time I won't get blamed for it. In other words, like once every year and a half, they get a month. You know what I mean? So we can mm-hmm. wait another year and a half, and by then they'll be, well, <laughs> don't say it. Experience the difference at Mercedes-Benz of Pompano. Mercedes-Benz of Pompano is now under new ownership and new management at Mercedes-Benz of Pompano. It doesn't matter what time of month you purchase a vehicle, whether it's the brand-new 2007 E-Class, their full line of convertibles, or their large selection of certified pre-owned cars. When you choose Mercedes-Benz of Pompano, you've got over 200 employees dedicated to providing incomparable service. Like complimentary loaner vehicles and complimentary car washers. Browse their indoor expo with over 150 new and used vehicles or click on BenzPompano.com. That's B-E-N-Z, Pompano.com. Mercedes-Benz of Pompano is open every day, Monday through Fridays, 9 to 8, Saturdays, 9 to 6, and every Sunday, noon to 5. Experience the difference. Call 1-800-NEW-BENZ. Located at I-95 in Copens Road, that's 1-800-NEW-BENZ, Mercedes-Benz of Pompano, a Mercedes-Benz dealer like no other. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, 2 a.m. It's not just the one to two hour, it's a phenomenon! We got the mad dog coming along, and I'm sure they're going to be quelling the Dolphins. Won a game, a ride against the little girls' team. But nevertheless, you can bet on it. Retired military officers today are going to bluntly accuse Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld of bungling the war in Iraq and say U.S. troops were sent to fight without the best equipment and that critical facts were hidden from the public. How do you like that? Absolutely 
correct, sir. Or in other words... Absolutely. I believe that Secretary Rumsfeld, others in the administration, did not tell the American people the truth for fear of losing support for the war in Iraq. Retired Major General John R.S. Batiste will say today, based on remarks prepared for a forum conducted by Senate Democrats. A second military leader, retired Major General Paul Eaton, will assess Rumsfeld as incompetent strategically, operationally, and tactically. Although other than that, he's great. Mr. Rumsfeld and his immediate team must be replaced or we'll see two more years of extraordinarily bad decision-making. Not just bad decision-making, but extraordinarily bad decision-making. A statement prepared for the policy forum said the session is being held six weeks before the November 7th midterm elections in which the war is a central issue. How do you like that? That's extraordinary. Where did George go? Is he doing an ace and deuce? No, he's, uh, he's busy on the phone right now fixing the fax machine. I'm getting what lost with the uh, fax repair uh, thing. I'm almost done. Oh, okay. Take your time. Because that's a bad machine, man. There's nothing worse than getting stuck with a bad a machine. He's doing surgery on it. He yeah. The whole thing Give it on. a good blow, man. Cube. That's it. Speaking of blow, Jerry Falwell, blow hard, big, fat-faced turd. Nothing will motivate conservative evangelical Christians to vote Republican in the 2008 presidential election more than a Democratic nominee named Hillary Clinton, not even a run by the devil himself, so he says. Fat-faced Jerry. That was the sentiment expressed by the Reverend Jerry Falwell, longtime evangelical icon, in other words, crazy person, and founder of the once powerful moral majority during private remarks Friday to church pastors and activists as part of the Values Voter Summit hosted over the weekend by the country's leading Christian conservatives, in other words, a.k.a. Farbissina Goyim. A recording of Falwell's comments was obtained by the L.A. Times. I certainly hope that Hillary's the candidate, Falwell said, according to the recording. She has 300 million so far. But I hope she's the candidate because nothing will energize my constituency like Hillary Clinton, he says. Cheers and laughter filled the room as Falwell continued. If Lucifer ran, he wouldn't. Whatever that means. I guess, in other words, he wouldn't energize as much as Hillary. Got it? Got it. Falwell's voice is then drowned out by hoots of approval. But two people in attendance, including a Falwell staff member, confirmed that Falwell said that even Lucifer, the fallen angel synonymous with Satan in Christian theology, would not mobilize his followers as much as the New York senator and former first lady. In other words, even El Diablo wow. wouldn't motivate them as much as Swillery. I told you they hate that bitch. One critic who's been observing the conference said Saturday that Falwell's words offered a rare glimpse into how religious conservative leaders are planning to inflame opposition to the Democrats with below-the-radar messages. He was calling Hillary Clinton a demonic figure and openly arguing that God is a Republican, said the Reverend Barry Lynn, director of the Adventist Group Americans United for Separation of Church and State. It's hard to know whether people thought he was joking or serious, but once you start using religious imagery and invoking a politician this way, it's not funny, said Barry. An aide to Falwell said Saturday the Lucifer reference was an off-the-cuff comment and that Falwell had no intentions of demonizing her. In the past, he's described Islam's prophet Muhammad as a terrorist and said abortionists, feminists, gays, and lesbians were to blame for the 9-11 attacks. In other words, he's a crazy person, as if we didn't know that. Falwell's remarks about Clinton were part of a 40-minute address at a private breakfast that included assurances that God would preserve a Republican majority in Congress and that moderates, uh, such as former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani, cannot be allowed to win the GOP presidential nomination. No, we have to have right-wing fanatics, just like what we got now. Like Bill Fist, people of that ilk. Oh, my God. Who is this pasty-faced broad who looks like uh, she's got a mustache? R1. was actually captured in Indonesia in 2002. Was being. I mean, she's kind of pretty with a little bit of makeup, but she's got a mustache. There. Last year, British forces are now saying that they killed him in a raid in the southern city of Bacchus. Oh, British forces killed a suspected terrorist. Whoopee, there's one. Of the holy month of Ramadan. It is normally a time of peace for Muslims across the world, but here but. in Iraq... 
Ramadan weekend has only brought more violence and actually very little hope amongst Iraqis that there would be peace. Oh, so I guess somebody forgot to give her the memo. Do you know the memo I'm talking about? No. It says, unlike previous years when maybe Ramadan was a time of peace, now it's a time to kill some people. Right. How do you like that? All right. Well, she was a very attractive, whoever that broad was, but she yeah. had a mustache. <laughs> maybe she was in that movie Transamerica I was telling you about. I think Josh might actually like it. I don't know. What? Oh, I didn't see the whole thing. Well, oh, you, you have a pretty good track record of recommending movies to me. Not all of them. I, I think you might like it. it. It's cute. It's funny. It's got some very funny stuff in it. Anybody, anybody who's a, has as secure in their masculinity as you are isn't going to be worried about, oh, I saw Transamerica. Who cares? You know, you don't like it. It's funny. It's got a 7.7, baby. How many movies on IMDb have got a 7.7? That's a high number, man. It's got a high number. I'll give it a nine. Frank Rich says, stuff happens again in Baghdad. It's not just about torture, even if there had never been an Abu, an, if there had never been Abu Gar F a Guantanamo or an American president determined to rewrite the Geneva Conventions. America would still be losing the war for hearts and minds in the Arab world, writes Frank. Our first major defeat in that war happened at the dawn of the Iraq occupation before detainee abuse entered our language. The stuff happens moment at the National Museum in Baghdad. Three and a half years later, have we learned anything? You have to wonder. As the looting of the museum was the first clear warning of disaster soon to come, so the stuff that's happening at the museum today is a grim indicator of where we're headed in Iraq. America is empowering the very Islamic radicals this war was supposed to smite. But even now, we seem to be averting our eyes from reality on the ground in Baghdad. Our blindness back in April 2003 seems ludicrous in retrospect. As the looting flared, an oblivious President Bush told the Iraqi people in a televised address that they were the heirs of a great civilization that contributes to all humanity. Our actions are more accurately our inaction as the artifacts of that great civilization were carted away, spoke louder than those pretty words. As Fred Ickle, the Reagan administration Pentagon policy chief, puts it in Thomas Rick's fiasco, America lost most of its prestige and respect in that episode. That disaster might have been mitigated if our leaders hadn't dismissed the whole episode as a triviality, but Donald Rumsfeld likened the chaos to the aftermath of a soccer game and joked that television was exaggerating the story by recycling video of a single looter with a vase, or vase, as in ich vase. General Richard Myers defended our failure to intervene as a matter of priorities. We had protected the oil ministry, after all. Lieutenant General William Wallace countering a wildly inflated early claim by a former museum employee that 170,000 artifacts had been destroyed put the number of objects still unaccounted for as few as 17. The actual number, it turned out, was closer to 14,000. The war's many cheerleaders in the press fell into line, in keeping with the mood of the time administration and forces like Charles Krauthammer and Andrew Sullivan, dad Mr. Rumsfeld's critics, as fatuous aesthetes exploiting a passing incident to denigrate the liberation of Iraq. In a column in Salon titled Idiocy of the Week, that idiot would be me, Mr. Sullivan asked rhetorically who was right about the alleged ransacking the museum, Mr. Rumsfeld or his critics. Rummy, of course, he said. He almost always is. Of course, dear old Rummy's what me worry take on the museum was the tip-off how he'd be wrong about everything that would follow. He reacted with exactly the same disdain and indifference to the insurgency happening under his own nose and to... Abu Ghraib. There would be a hasty corrective to the looting at least, a heroic Marine Reserve Colonel Matthew Bogdanos commanding the team that ultimately tracked down a bit more than a third of the vanished objects. It was too late to rescue tens of thousands of additional treasures in Iraq's National Library and National Archives, both looted and torched. But Mr. Rumsfeld's stuff happens proved indelible because it so resonantly set forth an enduring theme of the occupation that the Americans in charge of Iraq were contemptuous of the local populace to whom they were so grandly bequeathing democracy and other fruits of civilization. The cavalier American reaction to the museum looting was mimicked in the $22 billion re reconstruction effort, an orgy of corruption and waste that still hasn't brought Iraqis reliable electricity. In a new account of the civilian nation builders in the Green Zone, Imperial Life in the Emerald City, 
and the author's name has got 800 letters in it, from the Washington Post, details how L. Paul Bremer and his underlings enlisted cronies and apparatchiks rather than those who might actually know anything about the country's people or their needs. Thus we settled Iraq with Bernie Carrick, GOP fundraisers, and politically connected young ideologues chosen over more qualified applicants who knew Arabic. They saw Iraq as a guinea pig for irrelevant and doomed experiments, including an anti-smoking campaign and an elaborate American-style stock exchange. The book, while nonfiction, is as chilling an indictment of America's tragic cultural myopia as Graham Greene's prescient 1955 novel of the American debacle in Indochina, The Quiet American. Our diplomacy efforts were equally toned deaf to Iraqis and their neighbors in the early going. The State Department hired a Madison Avenue whiz who made sunny TV testimonials about America's love of Muslims. These ads won no hearts or minds but wasted tons of money and even more valuable time. Now this job belongs to Karen Hughes, the presidential flack, whose patronizing photo op tour of the region last year earned mostly ridicule. Our broadcasting outreach there is supervised by a longtime Carl Rove pal, Kenneth Tomlinson, who last month was found by State Department investigators to be using his office literally to run a horse racing operation. <laughs> One of Mr. Tomlinson's thoroughbreds is named Karzai in supposed honor of the Afghan president. I think I better stop at that point. It's too long. I'll finish it after the break. But first, yeah, I sent another test. Did it come through? No, nothing happened. Okay. Well, how long did you do this? How long? Like five minutes ago. Five minutes ago? Would you want to hear what it says on my fax machine? Oh! Nothing. There's no fax on it. There ain't no nothing on it. Let me take a look at it. No. It says, you're schluffing, sleeping, kind of like our management. Great. 1,336 votes on the poll. We need 64 in 47 minutes to get to 1,400 during the show today. On a Monday, on the first day of Ramadan, on the, like, uh, right after Rosh Hashanah, when everybody's getting ready to uh, blow the chauffeur. I think that's pretty damn impressive, don't you? Yes, it is. And Bubba, by the way, is still like uh, foaming at the mouth. They love yes, showing me. that clip. You did Fox's bidding on this show. Yes, he did. You did your nice little conservative hit job on me. Well, what I want to know well, is... Wait, 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 my set's got that kind of, like, filtered out. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. They were in the buffer, man. They were in the buffer. I couldn't stop them. Cut the crap. In a place that feels just like a bad day at the Rectum. One nineteen at five sixty WQM. There's your buddy Herman Gearing Rumsfeld with a big chuckle. I'd like to ask you about the decision to uh, extend the 
deployment uh, tour of the 1st Brigade and the 1st Armored. Oh, yeah. Well, he's going to tell us anything that uh, might even resemble the truth. So you sent me three copies of this test, and the good news is each and every one of them are just absolutely as clean as a whistle. Obviously, I wasn't planning on sending you three copies. It just uh, well, well, but what's the reason that all of a sudden it cleared up so nicely? Well, I want to thank Mark. It couldn't, it couldn't possibly be that I was right and that the problem was on that end and you're bad machine, man. Could that it, be it? It's possible that you were oh. right and my machine was dirty and Mark from Jmar Laser Industries called up and said that I needed to clean my strip. So he told me where to find it. And, uh, yeah, now clean up your act. And it's clean as a whistle now. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. God bless Mark, man. Thank goodness we got somebody out there who knows his ass from my elbow. You are so freaking stubborn, my God. Clean your strip. Clean it. Get out that long tube and clean that baby out. And I don't know why it wasn't faxing, but when I plugged it back in, that's when it sent everything that was in the buffer. Well, it was was resting, man. Is that it? Everybody needs a good rest. Like me, I'm going to take a few months off. (laughs) <laughs> contemplate my life with these bastards. No, seriously, that thing, uh, I want that sales manager in there tomorrow morning. I, I'm telling you right now, this business of playing hide-and-seek like his predecessor, that's not going to cut it with me. Can I get back to Frank Rich? It's a long column, but at okay. least, you know, it's worth, it's worth. Uh, I don't know, they're not paying attention to it anyway. All what? they want is to hear the sound of my voice. There you go. Sing them a song. No, no, as long as they know they hear my voice, then they know they're still alive. That's the South Florida test. How do you know you're still alive? You hear uh, God. on the radio. Our broadcasting outreach there, he's talking about Iraq, of course, is supervised by longtime Carl Rove pal Kenneth Tomlinson, who last month was found by State Department investigators to be using his office, literally, to run a horse racing operation. One of Mr. Tomlinson's thoroughbreds is named Karzai in supposed honor of the Afghan president. If that's his idea of lifting America's image in the Muslim world, he might as well be on Al Jazeera's payroll. On Wednesday, ABC News reported the bottom line of such PR misfires. A confidential Pentagon survey found that 75% of Iraq's Sunni Muslims support the insurgency, up from just 14% three years ago. Speaking before the UN last week, what may be the run-up to our new war, Mr. Bush was still on his battle for civilization kick, flattering Iranians as much as he had the Iraqis. We admire your rich history, your vibrant culture, and your many contributions to civilization, he said. All Iranians have to do is look at the Baghdad Museum today to see that such words are worth no more now than they were in 2003. It's symbolic of the anarchy throughout Iraq's capital that the museum's entrances are now sealed with concrete to keep out new hordes of killers and thieves. But the violence, which seems to spiral with each declaration of new security crackdown, is old news. More revealing is the other half of the museum's current plight. It's now in the hands of Iraq's version of the Taliban. That sad development is another symbol standing for our defeat in the larger war of ideas. The museum changed hands in August when Donnie George, its longtime administrator and the chairman of Iraq's official antiques board, fled the country, fearing for his life and for the treasures in his care, both at the museum and the country's main archaeological sites. Mr. George is a Christian and had good reason to fear. The new government minister placed in charge of the museum, a dentist, is an acolyte of the radical Shiite cleric, Moqtada al-Sadr, whose goal is to make Iraq a fundamentalist theocracy. To Mr. Sadr and his followers, the museum's legendary pre-Islam antiques, harking back to the ancient civilizations of Mesopotamia, are infidel idols to be sacked. You might think, given Mr. Sadr's radicalism, that he's a fugitive terrorist on the lamb, as, say, Abu Musab al-Zarqawi was. After all, Mr. Sadr's militia, the Mahdi army, is a fought of death squads at the heart of the sectarian warfare. He's an enthusiastic ally of Hezbollah besides. But he is instead a major player in the democracy we've installed in Iraq, controlling at least 30 of the 275 seats in the parliament and six government ministries, including the power centers of transportation and health. Back in 2004, uh, maybe he's kin with Ahmed Chalabai, too. He's probably a good buddy with him, bunk butt buddy. 
Back in 2004, the Americans made plans to take down Mr. Sadr, but as Larry Diamond, a senior advisor to the Coalition Authority in Baghdad, writes in his book, Squandered Victory, those plans were shelved for various reasons, including political calculations in Washington. American forces arrested some Sadr aides last week, but such periodic skirmishes notwithstanding, his influence continues to grow. He is a crucial ally of the Prime Minister Nuri al-Maliki, who would not be in office without his support. In the past few days, both Tony Snow and Condi Rice have been reaffirming that the administration has what the Secretary of State called enormous confidence in Mr. Maliki, despite Washington chatter to the contrary. Not that she would lie, you understand, through those teeth. One of the first Westerners to warn strongly of the danger of someone like Mr. Sauter was Gertrude Bell, the legendary archaeologist, explorer, author, and British political officer who masterminded the unlikely cobbling together of the modern Iraqi state after WW1. She warned that a Shiite theocracy in the new country would be the very devil. As it happened, it was also Gertrude Bell who created the Iraqi National Museum in 1923. The fortunes of her museum, once considered the finest in the Middle East, have been synonymous with the fate of Iraq ever since. That's because, like any such national institution, it's not merely some building that houses art, but a repository of a country's heart and soul. That America has stood helplessly by as Mr. Sauter folds the museum into his orbit of power is as ominous a predicator of what lies ahead in this war as was our callous reaction to the looting of 2003. For all of America's talk of stamping out a murderous ideology and promoting civilization and democracy in Iraq, we're now handling the very devil, handing the very devil the keys. El Diablo, here are the keys, sweetheart. Drive safely. How do you like that? Octada El Sadr, my ass. A lot of devil stuff going around. Yeah, a lot, a lot of devils, baby. The devil made me do it. The devil's in the details. El Diablo. <laughs> 1,361 votes. We're going to make it to 14. How do you like that? You know, you can you can try to live on that one month again. This is a year and a half after that bogus April they got in 2005 across the street. Of course, like I said the other day, who the hell are we to talk, you know? Right. Talking day parts with ones and twos. What kind of number is that? Even Lawrence Welk is doing that one and a two, a one you know, like that. Oh. Yeah, that's what he's doing. In his grave, he's rolling over thinking of ones and a twos. And even like a oh. at night, oh, that's across the street. What's that? Lawrence Welk, baby. Get he out of it. here. Oh, all right. How schmaltzy, huh? This was a hit. The something of the poor people of Paris? Calcutta. That's the name of the song, Calcutta? Yeah, 1961. Sounds like Les Riddle in Poor People of Paris. Oh, I, I know that song. It was on, uh, yeah. Sure. It's in movies and whatnot. Calcutta, which is now known as... Now, what is Bombay now? Bombay. Mumbai. Mumbai. Mumbo Jumbo? Yeah. Goes good with gumbo. It's like in New Orleans, man. We got the game in New Orleans tonight. Thank God they got the Superdome all set for the New Orleans Saints in the NFL. People in the hospitals... Uh, uh, high schools, grade schools, uh, people living in their uh, rackety houses. Those people are still off source. But, man, we got the Superdome ready. The biggest names. Get that economy going again, baby. This Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560. QA. For nothing. I have a dream. A dream that one day there shall be a failing reality show called Survival. And to save this show, they shall take little white children and little black children and little Asian children and little Hispanic children and segregate them from one another. I have a dream. I have a dream 
that these children will one day live on an island where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by their ability to eat a dung beetle without vomiting. I have a dream. And when this happens, blacks and whites, Hispanics and Asians will join hands and sing in the words of Jeff Probst, the tribe has spoken, the tribe has spoken, thank God Almighty, the tribe has spoken. 2702 at 5.60, we've got Mr. Mad Dog coming up at 2 o'clock. Don't forget the power hour, Mad Dog and the Humper together, 4 to 5. No ball game tonight, we've got some other mishmash between 7 and 10. Now, Josh was telling me before the show this morning that uh, T-Buck, and who else was on? Was it Joe Buck and T-Buck or somebody else? Uh, Lamar Thomas. Oh, Lamar Thomas was on. Oh, they let him out this week? Lamar Thomas was on there with T-Buck, and he said T-Buck as in rhyme with suck. Isn't that what you said? I said he wasn't uh, pronunciating very well. Oh. So, in other words, let's get some semi-literate, inarticulate ex-dolphins on there. Uh, and this always worked very well. Look how well it worked for the juice across the street. He's still on there? No. Oh, he bailed. Panicky rumors of a coup swept through Pakistan yesterday after a power outage interrupted national television broadcast and later plunged much of the country into darkness. Oh, my God. Wow. Reach out in the darkness. Who did that? Reach out in the darkness. Remember that song? Uh, yeah. Reach out in the darkness. I can't believe I can't. Don't tell me. Brotherhood of man. No, nah, get out of here. Brotherhood of my ass. Yeah, okay. Reach out in the darkness by the... Uh, oh, give me a clue. You got it? That's not the name of the song. The hell it's not. Oh, I'm gonna my book out, you bozo, you. Oh. Friend and lover. Never, never would have thought of that in a million years. That was a medley of their smash. They were a one-hit wonder. There it is. Now, what's it called? Recharge in the darkness. Nice laugh up. With the President General Pervert Musharraf away on an extended trip to the U.S. and Canada, eh, at a time of regional tensions and growing insurgency in neighboring Afghanistan, many Pakistanis speculate he'd been overthrown in absentia, but. The chairman of the National Power Administration, Tariq Hamid, said at a 10 p.m. news conference in Lahore that the outage was caused by technical problems and no sabotage had been involved. Thanks, God. Information ministry officials accompanying Musharraf on his visit announced Sunday night that the president was in good health because he, uh, he, he listened to their offer. They made him an offer he couldn't refuse. They said either he'll be part of the coalition of the willing or they're going to bomb them back into the Stone Age. Of course, they wouldn't have far to go. They have this. Islamabad, the capital, was quiet late into the night, and there were no signs of military vehicles or troops in the streets. Also, no reports of unusual military movements in Rawalpindi, a city near Islamabad where the armed forces are headquartered. But for hours, with power flickering on and off in Islamabad and half the country still without electricity by late evening, maybe they thought they all got moved to Iraq. Rumors continue to swirl of a possible coup against Musharraf, the army general who seized power from Pakistani's last elected leader in 1999. That's part of that good democratic crap that we're trying to build up in that part of the world, you know? Army yeah. generals who seize power in, in coups, things like that. Kings like in Saudi Arabia and in Jordan. Good old Middle Eastern democracy. Like in Israel where they blow up lesbianon into little pieces and butcher a whole bunch of people, including all those cluster bomblets that are all over the country now, like in the olive trees. Slim Pickens. That'll teach them to attack. <clears throat> yeah, they like Slim Pickens. Speaking of that bit we just played, three former college football teammates, as Senator George Allen of Virginia, say... That the Virginia Republican repeatedly used an inflammatory racial epithet and demonstrated racist attitude toward blacks during the early 1970s. Surprise, surprise. Allen said he came to Virginia because he wanted to play football in a place where he knew blacks knew their place, said Dr. Ken Shelton, a white radiologist in North Carolina who played tight end 
for the University of Virginia football team when Allen was quarterback. He said he used the N-word on a regular basis back then. He wanted to play football in a place where blacks knew their place. A second white teammate who spoke on the condition of anonymity because he feared retribution from the Allen campaign separately claimed that Allen used the N-word to describe blacks. It was so common with George when he was among his white friends. This is the terminology he used. As in, the jig is up. Oh, that's not good either. Rhymes with. A third white teammate contacted separately also spoke on condition of anonymity out of fear by being attacked by the Virginia senator. Said he, too, remembers Allen using the N-word, though he said he couldn't recall a specific conversation in which he used it. My impression of him was that he was a racist, the third teammate said. No. Makaka. Shelton also told Salon that the future senator gave him, you know, all these like Jesse Helms and all these other sons, Strom Thurmond. Why is this such a surprise to anybody, huh? I guess these people have been, never been south of Binghamton, right? Right. It's it's not a surprise, and everyone's pretending like the, like they yeah, don't know. Yeah, putting on a big act like they just agree with them anyway. That right. if you're from the south, you use the N word, and you're a bigot and a racist and a a narrow-minded, hateful piece of turd. You know. Shelton also told Salon that the future senator gave him the nickname Wizard because he shared a last name with Robert Shelton, who served in the '60s as the Imperial Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. The radiologist said he decided earlier this year he'd go public with his concerns about Allen if a reporter ever called. About four months ago, when he heard that Allen was a possible candidate for president in 2008, Shelton began to write down some of the negative memories of his former teammate. He provided Salon excerpts of those notes last week. Yesterday morning, Salon spoke with David Snepp, a spokesman for Allen's Senate office, to ask for a response to the recollections of the former teammates. Email and phone messages were also left for Bill Bozen, a spokesman for the Allen campaign, and Deck Wadhams, the campaign manager. Needless to say, as a matter of fact, Chris Levita, a consultant to the Allen campaign, hung up when a salon reporter reached him in mid-afternoon yesterday. Additional attempts to contact the campaign were unsuccessful. Let me say it again. Unsuccessful. The racial attitudes of Allen, a once formidable presidential contender for 2008, have become an issue in his highly contested re-election campaign against Jim Webb, former Marine and author. Last month, Allen videotaped calling an Indian-American college student Makaka, an obscure word for monkey that is also used as a racial epithet in uh, some parts of the world. And he's trying desperately to backtrack. You know, he's, he's kind of like itching his hind legs like those grasshoppers, you know. Just like the Pope. Oh, I didn't mean this and I didn't mean that. Sure you did, okay? Why not at least be honest? Come out and say you're a bigot. Just like the Pope. Come out and say it, okay? Yeah, an honest clergyman. That's right. Just like uh, Farrakhan, all right? If you're going to call it a gutter religion, at least uh, don't back away from it. Aren't they all, though? Brain has to be in the gutter. Believe these bubble mice, these baby, all these fairy tales. All these people davening in there, all these silly, oh, my God. And, we're, and we're, all we're trying to do is live out our little lives in the midst of all this madness. That's all. All the rest of us. Just leave us alone, please. That's all we ask. Just leave us alone. Count us out. Remember the song Count Me In by Gary Lewis and the Playboys? Count us out. When in doubt, can leave us out. Have all your religious wars. Kill each other. Have a good time doing it. Leave a little something on a plate for the rest of us and leave us out. There he is, Gary Lewis. He's Jewish and the Playboys. Now, when he came back from Vietnam, was he traumatized or was the trauma because he found out that Jerry was his daddy? Remember they said he came back from Vietnam and he didn't speak for like months? Not, not a word? Really? Yeah. Shell shock? Either that or he found out that the Jerry was still alive. Lady! You know, you'd be a shell shock too if Jerry yes, was yeah, your father. Especially when his head blew up. Oh, speaking of that, well, I don't have time for that right now. I've got to do the break. Just uh, some things. I don't want to get back to that Inquirer stuff. It wasn't very impressive this week, you know? Except for that part. And then Josh got really all bent out of shape about what's her name? Huh? Nick's new uh, squeeze? Vanessa Mania. Medea? Manio. Ma okay, don't have to get angry about it now. Man, Fair. I haven't heard him so animated about anything. She must be a fairly uh, lukewarm, huh? 
She's all right. Higher than that, buddy. Okay. Well, there's three pictures of her now. I reanalyze. Here she is. Now, the one, she looks pretty good. But the other two, she looks nasty, man. She looks like J-Lo on Doggy Downers or something. She doesn't look like that. He, meanwhile, is starting to look really, oh, boy, a little on the porky side, you know? Of course, after all that time with Jessica, that would drive just about anybody crazy. Maybe he ate too much of that uh, chicken of the sea chicken. You think that's it? No comment. 1,380. Had a line. Now, did you see the picture of her in it? I'm sure you did because you got the Inquirer, thanks to me. She looked uh, pretty uh, sultry. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? She's all right. Yeah, she I don't is. Care all how right. dumb she is. Right. 1389 on the pull. We're going to get 1400 easy, man. Just like sliding into uh, first base. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Rock Solid. Sports Radio 560. UAM. He's going to give Ricky a blow. I'm under the judge. I'm under the judge. He's so cuckoo. I'm under the jet. I'm a Dina Judd. His news, I'm a Dina Judd. And he's kind of like Mel Gibson with the big scruffy beard. And he wears a brown jacket that looks like he bought it at Banana Republic off the discount rack. I'm under the jet. I'm under the jet. One forty six, our next vote will be our fourteen hundred. Are you excited about that? The next vote will be fourteen hundred, and if we could track you down, we'd give you a billion dollars, but we don't know where you are. Not exciting? That's good that we don't. No, because then we'd have to give them uh, well, a dollar or two anyway. In fact, Chris Jones is going to give you the money out of all the revenue that we're going to be bringing in the next year. Remember what he told me about that Hank guy, Hank Guerrero, and about how thorough he was and he's going to do this and but be he's full of crap. Both of them. I, I, you know something? I'm like, I have seen on a square of Charmin, I've seen better copy than that thing that he uh, faxed twice. Still 13.99. Are we stuck on that or what? That would be bad. We uh, fresh it or whatever. I, I'm refreshing it. I'm refreshing. I'm spraying it. I'm squeezing it. Third, we got right to that point. Oh, there it is. 1400. Oh, thank God. Oh! I just uh, googled macaca. Yeah. Macaca. Will you listen to me? Macaca fascicularis. Excuse me? The long-tailed macaca. Long-tailed or crab-eating macacas are found in Southeast Asia from Burma to the Philippines <laughs> and southward through Indochina, Malaysia, and Indonesia. They're also found as far east as the Timor Islands. They're ecologically diverse. They're like little uh, strange animals. They're like little monkeys. Some mm-hmm. of the habitats in which they've been found are primary forest, disturbed and secondary forest, and river, uh, riverine and the coastal forest of Nipa. I have no idea what this is, uh, mangroves. Long-tailed macacas are most successfully in disturbed habitats and on the periphery of forests. In Thailand, long-tailed macacas occur in evergreen forests, bamboo forests, and deciduous forests. Oh, God. I haven't seen that word since high school, deciduous. Isn't that exciting? It's a thrill. I have no idea what it means, but I, I see the word. Deciduous. Now I know why they taught us that word, because uh, someday you may be reading some boring crap on the air, and it'll be deciduous. The body fur of long-tailed macacas tends to be gray-brown to reddish-brown. The nose is flat and the nostrils are narrow. Oh, I don't want to get into too much. <laughs> too much of that. Wow, that's not good. More of that George Allen crap. A mature, modest, and almost scandal-free George Michael took the stage in his first solo concert in 15 years. Aren't you excited? Mm-hmm. But the pop star couldn't resist making another controversial dig at George Bush. At the end of the first set, Michael sang his 2002 controversial anti-Bush song, Shoot the Dog. 
during the number, an enormous balloon depicting a cartoonist George Bush rose out of the center stage drawing whoops and yells from the crowd. But the real surprise came when Michael leaned down to unzip the balloon's trousers and out popped a British bulldog draped with the U.K. flag. The dog was stuck to the balloon's inflated crotch, wagging its tail. Think there might be a message in there? Maybe. They... Here, let's see. Here's a fax, and I can actually read it. Now, the... thanks, uh, Michael, or whatever the guy what was. The Mark. Guy's name? Mark. Thanks, Mark. Mark in the dark. Hit one out of the park for us. Spuddier, nasty hostility. This, uh, it's, it's on your end. It couldn't possibly be on this end. There's no such way it can transmit you right. You, you, you got to clean up your act over there. Clean up that chew. That's right. It was my strip. Your strip? Yeah. But I'm dressed now, so it's all right. Now, what the hell is this? This is... What is this? I don't know. Susan McDougal, which we love Susan McDougal, by the way. There is a lady with the biggest pair of balls in the history of the human race. No question. Clinton business partner and confidant is one of the few people who served prison time as a result of the Whitewater controversy. She spent 18 months in prison, including seven weeks in solitary confinement for civil contempt of court after refusing to answer three questions from independent counsel, the anxious Kenny Starr, before the Whitewater grand jury. She remains today the very embodiment of the ordinary citizen whose liberty is usurped by a coercive government. Her talk and book signing is taking place today at 7, oh, tonight at 7.30. The event is at the Kravis Center, Cohen Pavilion in West Palm Beach. Parking admission are free. Book is available at Barnes & Noble. For additional information, call Elna Lawn at 561-686-2060 or go to Elna Lawn. I can't read all that. At any rate, uh, they're, they're tonight, 730, at the Kravis Center, Cohen Pavilion in West Palm Beach. Parking admission are free. If you want to see one of the truly great Americans, somebody who had the guts to stand up and was willing to, you know, for the courage of her convictions, not, not make up a, a story to satisfy Kenny Starr. She's somebody, in fact, we ought to vote for her ass. Write her in for president. Vote, write her in for something. Write her in for governor. Hey, Charlie, how's Charlie Chris doing? Is he still... Yay. Oh, not that there's anything wrong with that. Oh, and I got this story. I better save it for tomorrow about the gospel of youth from the Sun Sentinel, 20-something shy away from that old-time religion. Oh, boy. If you're not keeping kosher, you're going to burn in hell. I'll tell you that right now. Am I right? Absolutely. Oh, I mean... Absolutely. Time to kosher the house, baby. Just in time from Yom Kippur, so you don't have to atone for quite so much. Although a good triple uh, cheeseburger, bacon cheeseburger from Wendy's sounds awfully tempting to me, doesn't it? It does sound good. Would you rather Would you rather take a chance on going to heaven? And then, of course, there are those who say, well, the Jews don't believe in heaven or hell. There are those who would say that. Who would say that? I'm not really, I'm not really sure about those barbarians, you know, about the ultra-Orthodox. Mm-hmm. The ones who wanted to, you know, give out a reward for shooting somebody in the gay pride parade. That crowd. 1,410 votes, and Bubba's the only one. Well, I mean, Al Gore's got about half as many votes. But almost 35% say we don't trust any politicians. They're all a bunch of crooks. The biggest names, the best talents. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM. It's day in Miami town. All right. At 560 WQAM. Oh, oh! Just a reminder for our radio listeners that the end of the world is going to come next Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. And the Department of Health has requested homeowners to unplug all electrical appliances, turn off radios and TV sets, and disconnect gas stoves and furnaces. The post office recommends that you mail early in the day. And for those with automobiles, alternate side of the street parking will be suspended. That's the end of the world next Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. Mark it down. Violence in the Middle East is at a level not seen there in decades. Israel is vowing to crush the militia called Hezbollah. They have bombed the home and headquarters of the leader of Hezbollah. Syed Hassan Nasrallah says his group is ready for open war with Israel. Let's go out. 
years wait, but I fought for decades. Won't back down in the Middle East. Oh, I beg, I beg for peace, please. Israel will keep their head. Shoot a missile, Hamas is dead. War of faith with no one safe. The road to peace must be paid, praying. Villages hit, while artillery and warplanes hit back. The Israeli leaders warned this could go on for weeks or even months. Confusion in Lebanon, exploding walls in Hezbollah. Gonna march in and invade your home. When it stops, then it will be hopeless. Someone will part the seas, save us from this insanity. Bye bye bye. 